It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Wake up with Ab. I'm uh, I'm your host Tim. We're having a heck of a time, uh, Robin and I, trying to connect. I don't know if you heard any of the uh, music. I'm not sure that came through at all because now the talk shoe interface isn't showing a an audio sound when I'm talking, which is fine. But you can you can hear me good. Yeah, yeah. Hello. I can hear everything perfect. Did that music come through? By the way, now that we're just completely obliterating the show. Were you able to hear any sound? Yeah, I was able to hear some sound. Can you hear this sound? Yes, I can. Oh, that came through too. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. All right, well, this is another unprofessional broadcast. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, that seems to be the way the cookie crumbles sometime. Um, I'm going to play just a little intro to someone else's podcast that I thought was really good. It comes from a 9-11 movie. Um, by the way, um, you're listening to Wake Up With That. I'm Tim again. As I said before, I have a special guest, Robin, who wrote to me and said he enjoyed one or two of the podcasts, which I believe is true, right, Robin? Yeah, yeah, so far so good. <laughs> so let me play this intro. I, I thought this was a pretty good uh piece of a movie. It was another 9-11 movie. I'm going to play it, and you tell me if you can hear it okay. Um, see if I got that part working. So the question becomes why. Is that coming through okay, guys? Why is it that people have yes, so much trouble will. hearing this information? Okay, good. I'm going to start it, and you guys can listen to it. Just let's listen, and we'll comment on it at the end. Here we go. So the question becomes why. Why is it that people have so much trouble hearing this information? From my work, I think we would be remiss not to look at the impact of trauma. My name is Marty Hopper, and I'm a PhD clinical psychologist. I've been working and living for the past 30 years here in Boulder, Colorado. For the past 11 years, my work has focused on helping people who have experienced personal trauma. Now, as we know, the horrors of what happened on 9-11 were televised all over the world, and they were televised, in fact, live. We witnessed the deaths of almost 3,000 of our fellow Americans. We know this had a very um, severe and traumatic impact on a large majority of the population. I myself cried for weeks after September 11th. A friend of mine who is a psychologist uh, in, in practice here in Boulder said that her caseload increased tremendously after 9-11 and people that she hadn't seen in 10 years were coming back into her practice 
So I think it's safe to say that collectively as a nation, because of what happened on September 11th, we experienced trauma. I'm Fran Shore, and I have a master's degree from the University of Colorado. I've had a private practice as a psychotherapist and as a licensed professional counselor for about 20 years. Why do people resist this information, the information that shows that the official story about 9-11 cannot be true? What I've learned is that as humans, each of us have a worldview, and that worldview is usually formed in great part by the culture we grow up in. When we hear information that contradicts our worldview, social psychologists call the, result, the resulting insecurity cognitive dissonance. For example, with 9-11, we have one cognition, which is what, our official, what the official story of 9-11, what our government told us, what our media, media repeated to us over and over, that 19 Muslims attacked us. On the other hand, we have what scientists, researchers, architects, engineers are now beginning to tell us, which is that there is evidence that shows that the official story cannot be true. So now we've lost our sense of security. We are starting to feel vulnerable. Now we're confused. 9-11 Truth challenges some of our most fundamental beliefs about our government and about our country. When your beliefs are challenged or when two beliefs are inconsistent, cognitive dissonance is created. 9-11 Truth challenges the beliefs that our country protects us and keeps us safe and, and that America is the good guy. My name is Bob Hopper and I have a PhD in clinical psychology from the University of Cincinnati. For the past 29 years, I've been a licensed PhD clinical psychologist in Boulder, Colorado. When your beliefs are challenged, fear and anxiety are created. In response to that, our psychological defenses kick in and they protect us from, our, from these emotions. Denial, which is probably the most primitive psychological defense, is the one most likely to kick in uh, when our beliefs are challenged. I'm Danielle Dupre, PhD, originally from Switzerland, where I studied psychology and psychoanalysis. For the past 15 years, I've been empowering people who have experienced significant trauma. America is a powerful nation. It has never been attacked. We were confident, we, were, we felt secure, and all of a sudden that security collapsed. People started to be fearful. With all those rumors, those news, people didn't know what to think about. And it's a very, very uncomfortable state to be in. And eventually, our mind shuts off. Just like when a computer is overloaded, our minds get overloaded. We can't handle it anymore, and we shut down. It's easier to deny it and move on with our lives. What some of us will tend to do is deny the evidence that's coming our way and stick to the original story, the official story, and to try to regain our equilibrium in that way. Another thing we can do is decide to look at the conflicting evidence and be sincere and be open-minded and look at both sides of the issue and then make up our own mind about what reality is. I'm Dorothy Lorig. I have a master's degree in counseling psychology from the University of Colorado, and I've been practicing reevaluation counseling for over 16 years. If we can think of our worldview as being sort of 
our mental and emotional home. I think all of us will do just about anything to defend our homes, to defend our families. And, and so I see that with people, and I saw that with myself when my brother tried to talk with me about it, of don't mess with me, don't mess with my home, don't mess with my comfort with how things, how things are. Um, and about a week later, I read a lengthy article by Professor Griffin um, about why he believes the official account of 9-11 cannot be true. And it was a very well-researched article. I was in my office at the time. I sat there and I felt my stomach churning. I thought maybe I was going to be sick. And I leaped out of my chair and ran out the door and took a, a long walk around the block, around several blocks, um, and just broke down. I understand now that what was happening was my worldview about my government being in some way my protector, almost like a parent had been dashed and uh, it was like being cast out into the wilderness. I think it's the closest way to describe that feeling and I sobbed and I sobbed, felt like the ground had completely disappeared beneath my feet and and I knew at some point during the walk that I knew that I was going to have to become active in educating other people about this, that there was that for me to retain any sense of integrity, I was going to have to take some action. I couldn't just let something like this go. Many people respond to these truths in a very deep way. Some have a visceral reaction like they've been punched in the stomach. To begin to accept the possibility that the government was involved is like opening Pandora's box. If you open the lid and peek in a little bit, it's, it, it's going to challenge some of your fundamental beliefs about the world. Well, here are a few of those, uh, those spontaneous initial reactions to hearing the contradictory evidence about 9-11. I don't want to know the truth or I'd become too negative and psychologically go downhill. I'm not sure I want to know. If this is true, then up would be down and down would be up. My life would never be the same. Fran, I refuse to believe that that many Americans could be that treasonous, someone would have talked. But these are beliefs. They are not scientific facts. But these beliefs do keep us from looking at the empirical evidence. I'm David Ray Griffin. I taught uh, philosophy of religion and theology at the Claremont School of Theology and Claremont Graduate University. I uh, uh, published uh, about 35 books in my field, uh, but then uh, starting in 2004, I started publishing about 9-11, and since that time I have published 10 books about 9-11. You have uh, empirical people who will simply say, look at the evidence, and if it's convincing, I will change my mind. Other people are paradigmatic people. They have a paradigm. They say, this is the way the world works, and I'm, I'm convinced this is the right way the world works. 9-11 doesn't fit into that paradigm. So I don't need to look at the evidence. It's paradigmatic. And then there's a third type of person that uh, we often call wishful thinkers. Um, I call it wishful and fearful thinking. So they simply will not believe something that they fear to be the truth. And I found that maybe 
to be the most powerful factor of uh, people rejecting the 9-11 truth and not even entertaining the evidence. So whenever we say, I refuse to believe, we can be sure that the evidence that's coming our way is not bearable and that it's going it's conflicting with our worldview much too much denial protects people from this kind of anxiety as i thought about all of these responses i realized that what is common to every one of them is the emotion of fear people are afraid of being ostracized they're afraid of being alienated they're afraid of being shunned they're afraid of their lives being inconvenienced, they'd have to change their lives. They're afraid of being confused. They're afraid of psychological deterioration. They're afraid of feeling helpless and vulnerable. And they're afraid that they won't be able to handle the feelings that are coming up. None of us want to feel helpless and vulnerable. So we want to defend ourselves. And the way we often do that is with anger. So then we become angry. And when we become angry, then we become indignant. We become offended. We want to ridicule the messenger. We want to pathologize the messenger. And we want to censor the messenger. So how can we overcome this resistance and denial? The first thing is to meet people where they're at. One thing is that we need to raise people's awareness about this through what I would call gentle dialogue and gentle questioning. My name is John Freedom. I'm a counselor in private practice here in Tucson, Arizona, which I've been for the past 20 years. I hold a master's level certification in NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming. So it doesn't work to challenge people's belief or immediately tell them, you know, I know the truth about 9-11, but a good way is to ask questions, ask open-ended questions and lead them into a dialogue and discussion about it. Healing comes through facing the truth, experiencing it, allowing the feelings to come in. So that if there are feelings of fear that perhaps these events were caused by something that we haven't thought about yet, dark elements within our society, for example, we'll let that come in and explore it. Let the light shine on whatever happened. This will be the most healing process. The Germans did this after their war. The South Africans did this after apartheid. Reconciliation through the truth is what uh, is a deep path to psychological recovery from the myths and lies around which this historic event has been cloaked in the official view. I am Professor William Woodward. I'm uh, trained in the history of science with a PhD. I also have a master's in experimental psychology. I've edited four books and published well over 20 uh, peer-reviewed papers. I've taught for 35 years at a state university, the University of New Hampshire. I think as a psychologist, to overcome our fear of, of the traumatic event with new information would be the best, healthiest route to our collective recovery from the trauma of 9-11. That, by the way, is a psychotherapeutic insight that to gradually uncover the truth in your own life, the sources of anxiety, to make them conscious, is the royal road to recovery. Hey everybody, welcome back to the 
Alrighty. What did you think of that uh, little podcast there, uh, Robin? I thought they touched on a lot of significant points. Um, I think there's a bit of disinfo in, in some of it, though, the way that they carry their perceptions of the world and trying to um, uh, figure it all out. I, I think that most of it can't be figured out because most of it's deception. So there's not a lot to figure out in that aspect but or context. But I do admit that they, they, did, uh, they did drop a lot of gold nuggets on a lot of fear, a lot of perception management, and uh, we need to obviously reconcile and uh, shine some light on these situations if we care to want to prosper individually or collectively. Right. By the way, uh, you guys are listening to uh, radio.avarado.info. I have a website, avarado.info, where I put my various ramblings on different deceptions in the world. And that little audio clip you heard was from a website called School Sucks, which I got introduced to by another one of my past guests, One Born Free. I'm, I found it pretty interesting. I'm just starting to go through some of their podcasts, but I found that intro to, that is an existing movie, that intro you heard, and I haven't seen that movie, but as Robin just said, there's the familiar cast of characters, uh, David Ray Griffin, who, again, we've discussed before with the previous guest, Marcus Allen, is most likely a gatekeeper, most likely controlled opposition, where I can't even remember what David Ray Griffin's stance on the whole thing is. So I, I, found, I, I still I thought it was valuable. It... It really made a lot of sense to me what they were saying, um, because not only am I, am I interested in getting deeper into 9/11, but I'm also really interested in trying to interface with people that don't buy into any of this. So I thought that that podcast was instructional in trying to tell me what others think of what I think my views on 9-11 which are still views that the general population cannot and will not accept they just think you're looking at the world through a pair of dark colored glasses and most for the most part they just do not get where we're coming from as I've said before to different people I've talked to on this podcast, we're just all preaching to the choir when we talk to each other about this. We all have accepted a level of deception, very hard to prove, but we're all there. But talking to each other is is interesting and I suppose a little bit therapeutic, but on the other hand... I, I for one, do not want to live in a bubble and isolated from everybody else. This this group we convene with irregularly is fine, but again, we're just preaching to the choir. So, uh, Robin, can you give a little background as to who you are, whatever you wish to reveal, and how you came across 9-11 or 
any other awakenings to deception? How did you start? When did you start? Fill us in on any kind of details you want to give. Sure. Um, well, I I first started when I was there, when I was listening to it on the radio the day that it happened. I was just finishing up my uh, high school education, and mm-hmm. um, it, it was on the radio, and I, I thought it was surreal that it was happening uh, because I was listening to um, CBC in Canada there, CBC Radio, and uh, it sounded like they were telling a story. It sounded like they were reading some type of fiction book and uh, really had to clue in for a second of what was really happening because I wasn't watching it on TV. And it started to hit me that that things weren't right about what they were talking about. It just didn't make any sense that they would be talking some type of fiction. And so I listened more intently, and uh, it became to a point that it was really happening. And then they started to give you the real facts from what they were telling people. And uh, and it kind of I, I had to leave my classroom at that point and just kind of gather myself for a second um, because I understood inside. I didn't understand intellectually what was happening but I understood intuitively what was happening and uh, from there I gathered myself and kind of just uh, went through watching it on TV and um, and it really opened my eyes personally like a lot of other people I believe like the choir out there to our world just not being what we always thought it was and I kind of knew that growing up I kind of had this um, my background isn't anything special. I, I grew up uh, into planes, trains, and automobiles. I was very much um, fitting in and, uh, you know, just doing my thing. But uh, I really did have my own sense that there was something else at play in this world, uh, something more spirit-minded. And uh, that always kind of guided me through a lot of situations. I thought when I was having the 9-11 experience that this was more of a learning experience for myself, um, that it was being brought up to reality of life and uh, from there it really cascaded into just wanting to find out more about what we just weren't told. I was always curious growing up with uh, doing a bit of mechanical engineering obviously um, with the planes, trains and automobiles so that just kind of took over as well and uh, the more I looked into it the more I realized that uh, yeah just things weren't right so my so as a high school a, student sorry to interrupt as a high school student you were you were that aware and not into all the normal things that 16 and 17 year olds are into that you immediately clued in yeah that's phenomenal um i i kind of had a different bit of an upbringing i was um very i've had a lot of personal expertise that i was grateful for having in my younger years so it allowed me to be more observant of the world around me and myself included so I was able to. Pick can you up be? On can you give me any more? Can you give details? What does that mean? How how are you educated differently? That's amazing that I was you could always told, I was always told to. Um, sorry to cut you off. <laughs> I was always told to question. Yeah, things. go ahead. And, and and so by always being told to question things by my parents, I was instilled this great love and curiosity in many avenues of life. And so um, I was raised from my father being a fabricator and a craftsman. So I always wanted to kind of take a a stance to figure stuff out and I never really took people's uh, face value perceptions of things just right off the bat I was kind of wanted to find some evidence find how it fit with my views and and I uh, I did a lot of traveling growing up um, when I was really young I was very privileged to have that and I think that's really helped me too to be able to understand uh, certain aspects of things maybe because I find um, not at at young ages maybe not a lot of people get that opportunity so forth so 
they they kind of get sheltered from that and they have to learn it later and at a later point you kind of already developed your idiosyncrasies so um it might uh deter from trying to open up any more of your mind so i was always kind of i've never actually stopped my learning stopped my growing i believe huh. and uh and when stuff like 9-11 happened it was kind of like bigger steps in that learning so it was kind of uh to me it kind of always seemed like it was meant to be and i'm kind of actually grateful that 9-11 happened because it kind of confirms in me what i was learning all along but just couldn't understand or put the words or the rhetoric to so um it was good but uh yeah it's it's a it's very subjective like it's kind of hard obviously when you're talking to someone that you don't know to feel it where they've been and even if they could say all the right words it's still hard to grasp because i i don't even have all the right words for what i've understood and seen but i've um if one thing i could say about my background is i've left myself very vulnerable like what was said in that initial um cast there that you uh presented at the beginning of the show and i think when you leave yourself vulnerable you are in, enabling yourself to grow better in many more aspects that you couldn't even perceive, and those those neurons can connect better in your brain, and you can have stronger connections with uh, understanding even things you don't want to understand. Uh -huh. I don't know if that answers too much your question. Sometimes, well, that's uh, pretty good. It's very general, but so well. Let's be specific. Your dad taught you to be a skeptic and to question what. Um, what's your dad's stance? What 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 did your dad say on nine eleven? What was uh, did he have anything? I, yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I never asked him. I don't talk to him anymore. Really? To be honest with you. Yeah, no. We uh we had a falling out. Well, back then, were you talking to him? No, not particularly. Um, he was more focused on work. So I would think oh, even geez, that's it happens. Yeah, that's interesting. Think, if I if I could put my in myself in the mind of that person, I would say that they don't really think about it too much. They just take it as it is, as the official story that gets passed off, and they continue off with their lives. Because you have to want to know this stuff. You you like I say, it comes with a curiosity that somehow is a gravitational force, and it pulls you in sometimes, whether you like it or not. And I find if you don't have those um, you don't have those barriers or walls in place that you you will be sucked in and and I don't see I see a lot of people with those barriers and wall barriers and walls like say my father has so I I just don't see some of that getting through to even being um uh, applicable I guess in their aspects so that's ironic that he so was it your father or your mother that taught you to be skeptical both. and question things yeah both of them so you would think for sure that they would be wide awake to 9-11, for instance. Yeah, yeah, but uh, unfortunately both are sticking with the official story. As far as I Isn't know... Isn't that ironic? Yeah, I know, I know. It seems um, they passed all of their trait through so much that they didn't leave any for themselves. Oh, that's really, that's really bizarre. So on 9-11, you pretty much... That just confirmed your already skeptical mind. So you thought, oh, they've come out now. They've come out to show us a really big one, and you were grateful for it. Yep. So, so you've just since nine eleven two thousand one, you've just been confirming and following up on little details, just giving you more 
it's, ammunition it's, for your view. Yeah, pretty much so. It's um, wow. it, it's been a it's been a full journey now. It's um, it's something that I can't escape from and I can't turn my back on anymore. Like what was said in the initial conversation that you posted as well with the uh, speakers there is that you, when you find out to a certain level of degree what's happening, that it rings true to you, that you can't turn your back on that and so you have to continue with it and I'm just one of those people that had to continue with it as far as I know and uh, so I've just kind of continued along my little journey of figuring out more and more and uh, the the puzzle actually is making a lot of sense right now and I was never concerned with this stuff you know like when I was growing up it wasn't about conspiracies it was about you know learning and friends and trying to like do the world a bit better and but uh, but now the picture is kind of coming full circle, and uh, it really does look like an Ouroboros to me in some regards. To a what? Sorry? Ouroboros. You know what an Ouroboros is? No, I don't. Oh, okay. Well, you might have to Google that one. It should come up. Yeah, I guess quickly. so. If I knew how to spell it, I'd Google it. <laughs> oh. O O R well Google will finish it for you. You just have to start it, right? <laughs> it's O R O B O R R. Hold on one sec here. Yeah, let's punch that one in. Punch it into the chat or um radio.abarado.info uh your page, Robin. Punch it in there and I'll uh that'll save everyone who's interested, whoever is online listening live just to to click on it. So what yeah, what exactly? Okay, I put it in the chat there. It's Ouroboros. And uh, from the wiki definition, the wiki definition is an ancient symbol, ancient symbol depicting a serpent or dragon eating its own tail. Okay. And so how I perceive that is, in a truthful mind from what I know, that that's basically how this world works. It is a never-ending cycle where it continually feeds and eats off itself. And I guess you could say that that's partially true in a lot of our systems that we have on this planet, whether it's the finance system, the uh, government system, you know, law systems, that they they make their own end in a way. So I, I kind of, um, it re, reinfer- or reconfirms a lot of things that um, I see every day. I just like to, uh-huh. yeah, so... Yes, I've never heard of that. Yeah, well, it's obviously, too, it's an old occult symbol that you'll see in, like, you'll see in the tapestries of the Vatican. You will see it used in Freemasonry. It's it's very popular occult symbol, and uh, it's biblical uh, in some aspects relating to the serpent as the devil, so you can go into the religious aspect of that as well if you want. And it's been mm-hmm. shown in many cultures, obviously, all across the globe, it's certain points that uh, didn't even have contact with each other so and I kind of that, wow. um, that's what 9-11 really opened me up to is, is noticing how controlled this world is and we take it all for granted and we don't understand most of it because we're enslaved with uh, hubris uh, you know our intellectual dishonesties like what was said earlier cognitively dissonant on so many levels and, um, and we're just uh we're we're self-defeating, so we're in that snake kind of eating our own selves as well with our economic and political and social constructs. And, and I think that that's why I was grateful for 9-11 is because it really helped open my eyes to um, not just the world systems, but I think more of a invisible system outside of our visual perception that we are somehow engaged in. 
Well, it was heavy stuff. I was just wondering why. I was just wondering how they made the plane go through the building, but you were already on Ouroboros, I think, when I was just uh, <laughs> well, trying to figure out some of the basics. The no, I know. A... I was still I was still stuck on that. <laughs> it's, it's, well, that's what I mean. I, uh, that's what I mean is the, the level of deception is at an all-time high, and I think that it um, is going to take great courage to be able to get to the root of it. I think the truth is already out there. It's just a matter of getting through the confusion that's been put in front of us and, and so many levels of confusion. So, But uh, in regards to 9-11, yeah, there, there was no planes. Obviously, it was all media fakery. And yeah. The when did you come see, to that? Uh, when did you come to that conclusion since you've been doing this oh, for so long? The media fakery? Yeah. Oh, and I, and I, where did, I, what, what resources did you use to, fi- to figure it out? Well, I started off by thinking there was planes to like everybody else. I started off believing the story, and then I did my research, got all the way to September Clues, and realized that, yeah, a lot of this is media fakery because I have a background in um, multimedia design and graphic design and uh, illustration, a bit of engineering and uh, stuff like that. So I, mm-hmm. I use 3D. I use 3ds Max and a lot of 3D programs, so I can see how this can come about because I, I can do half of it myself if I want to, and uh, mm-hmm. it got me to September Clues, and and I started to realize, yeah, this, this it's not making sense now that I'm looking at it with this angle, and I use like, have you ever used a 3D program like that? No, no, no. Okay, well, you could picture yourself like creating something on the computer, so you're looking at it outside of yourself Uh and so when I use that mindset again because I have to I use maybe 10 different brains and I try to pick different ones if they don't match up then I'll keep cycling around maybe like a clock and and the one came to me that yeah with my background of learning about 3D that I didn't pick up on this earlier and I and I started to look at it with that mindset and I realized yeah this is pure fakery now that I see it as is that but it took me to clues form to get to that point and it was probably around 2000 and or 2005 that I really started to start to think that it there was no really good story matching up and so I just had to continue along with it until I got the clues for him so right which started um I believe a few years ago but it, there were yeah. a, at least one or two predecessors to it right uh yeah from what I saw and and it was just again rehashing the evidence looking at it I I don't always, again, like I said before, have the words to describe some things that I feel, but when when you look at it over and over and over and nothing seems to match up, and you don't even have the words to describe what's not matching up, it, it's it's through these people, I guess, like Simon Shack later, that help you go back and say, I knew that all along, I just couldn't get there, you know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you needed someone I, to put it together in a more organized fashion. I guess so, yeah. And if not, just give you the right words that you couldn't have come up with sometimes um, just with your own interpretation at that moment. So, But, uh, yeah, it's definitely media fakery. And um, that's why I got onto Ouroboros is because the people who pull this stuff off, they are captivated by lies. They are the high-flying mm-hmm. li- liars in this world. And the Ouroboros mm-hmm. is the biggest lie on the planet. And these people pay homage to this thing. So what they're going to do is lie to you pathologically all the time. And so they're not going to... And it's simple, too. They're not going to try and make it complicated. Like, if they wanted to kill 3,000 people and make it into some type of gross spectacle for the world to witness, 
it could have, but they're not they're not doing that. They just continue to focus on just lying about it. And so the, they pull off something that seems so drastic, but it's really just so silly. And mm-hmm. it, I find that that's kind of like, that's one of the biggest determining factors in how I see this world is that it's not as cruel as most people are playing it out to be. These people are just liars. And if you catch them in the lies, they they don't look as menacing as what they think they look either. You know what I mean? I don't know if I'm making any sense there. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's nothing to fear, really, other than the lie. They don't really yeah. have any physical power. They didn't do anything physical. Yeah. They just yeah. put it on a 2D screen in a yeah, very crude much. way. Yeah, and they didn't even must do a good job pr- at it. Yeah, it must have looked crude to you if this is something that you're familiar with on the computer. Yeah, well, again, like I say, I I didn't have the words at the time because I was trying to look for other angles and I was believing half the stories, you know what I mean? So you really kind of get persuaded to ditch some of your own experience and your personal expertise in some matters to believe other people's uh, mumbo-jumbo. And and so, yeah, it just took me a little while to get back to where I kind of always thought it was... uh, in my aspect of personal experience. So. Mm-hmm. So you're you're pretty much where this listening talking group is uh with regards to media fakery, you're you're just in agreement that it was all one big media hoax. Yeah, I also think it was more than a media hoax though. I think it's I think it's uh it's the agenda. The lies are mm-hmm. the agenda to keep the lies going because as soon as they stop, it all falls apart. So they're not. It's like a juggler, looking, right? Juggle, juggling lies. Yeah, it's a magician's act, and so they have to keep it going because if they stop halfway through it, you're going to figure them out pretty quick. And I find that um, the bigger picture is that just looking at 9/11 and stuff that these lies are uh, they're very intertwined with personal beliefs again going back to the occult and how these people are all in it and these personal beliefs that they have um, is kind of like paying homage to that Ouroboros so when they pull off a lie like this September 11th they're not really trying to from what I gather in my perception yeah, they're trying to pull a fast one on the world, obviously. Otherwise, they wouldn't package it as such. But these are more of a, a, a ritual to what they believe in. And I don't see it being so much as an attack on humans, but as paying homage to what they, what keeps them going. Mm-hmm. And that really, that really helps for me take a lot of subjectivity out of it. Like, I was attacked, or they tried to kill off my people. You know, these people are mm-hmm. really doing it for themselves. And they use their own people and their own resources and their own buildings. And even if they were to use planes, they're their own planes. And so they didn't really use anybody else per se, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you could say that they used some army people and to make the footage and to make the media and stuff, but they're all those people anyway. They're already in the club. So they're really mm-hmm. just paying homage again as well because I don't think anybody who really knew what they were doing would want to be in on that. But you have to give an allegiance to this cancer that they believe in to be able to pull these things off too and and at that point for them it becomes natural 
So, so who do you do you talk about these kind of things outside this circle? Or have, <laughs> yeah. How do you how do you approach people that don't would know an aurora boris from an aurora borealis, which is oh, what I thought you said in the first place. <laughs> yeah, uh, they could be easily confused. Um, I I just try to keep. Like they say, you got to give some open-ended questions. You can't just force your beliefs and ideals on people, or even your knowledge, um, because it's, uh-huh. it's, a, it's a progression. And a lot of people have been so limited in their own progression and potential that they can't understand or comprehend when other people are trying to help them unlimit their potential. You know what I mean? So, I oh yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I I really try to be compassionate. Um, I like I said about my background earlier about being vulnerable is it really helps me allow to empathize with people and see where they're coming from because I've been in most places myself and from there I can really try to feel out what they're asking for rather than telling them what they need to hear and it's not always pleasant because of the barriers we put up but um, I stick I find a lot of violent opposition out there when talking about any of this because, yeah, you're corrupting their world from their standpoint, and so there's not a lot of people that really do want to talk about it. But I think it's happening more and more that most people are getting this sense in their heart that it something isn't right. And even though they don't ask questions, they want people to tell them the answers. They want the truth. Even though they'll deny it, they still want it. It's kind of like you, you smoke when... And when you know it's bad for you, so they know the truth is bad for them, but they're still craving it at the same time. It's human nature to need to want to understand it, I think. We've just been led to believe that uh, it's not worth our time in most aspects. So. But yeah, I very much yeah. stick to myself and, and a lot of getting back to your question, I just stick to myself uh, a lot in talking about this until I feel people are willing to want to talk about it. Um, I do force the subject on some people at certain times uh maybe not so much about hey 9-11 was fake and all this stuff but i try to get them to understand with what they've gone through um hey if this doesn't add up in your life on this subjective level then maybe this doesn't add up either and from there again they can start to connect some dots and maybe pattern things together but it, it really you can see in people's eyes and in the way they talk um whether they're gonna want help or not i don't know if you see that yourself but um because it's a lot of body language i notice in this world that you have to pick up on um because there's a lot of double tongues out there so when you understand the people's body language you can really understand whether they're looking for that that truth as well and and it's a lost dialogue in this world because we don't create any culture that values um seeing anything as truth or seeing anything as being correct we really replace that so um it, it a lot of us people that talk about these things are on our own. We're controlled to be on our own because of how many um, agendas are out there at different levels and how many mind tricks. So, uh, yeah, we all are still preaching to the choir, but I think a lot of people are waking up. They have no choice. They really don't have a choice. It's part of, I think, our, our unconscious collective, as Jung would say, that that we know what's up. We It's just a matter of time, and, and that's what I see. And with the way that they agenda is escalating or the way that human involved like evolution of and i don't really believe in evolution but i mean human evolution of the consciousness the way that that's going that it's just a matter of time before people start to see that this world is a hoax through and through and it's it's a hoax right across the board it's not just with 9-11 it's a lot of things and so uh-huh. 
they'll, they'll look back in the future, the people that even shun it right now saying, it, oh, you know, I'm going to believe the official story. If they get to a certain point in their life, I think they'll look back and say that, you know, it, it, it was a good thing that they were blindsided um, and punched in the face and brought up to code because <laughs> that's what they really want. They just don't want to admit it. Mhm. Mhm. Anyway, really I'm just jabbering. I'm just no, jabbering no, on here too. So. Oh, well, that's all we're doing is jabbering because I'm. Yeah, I had my parents over tonight, and uh, I brought up a couple other what I thought were hoaxes, and they they don't they don't see any of this, and I don't really push too hard anymore trying to convince them because everyone's tired of listening to me ramble on but you're yeah. in you're in Canada you're in London Ontario so have you heard of the Amanda Todd story the girl that did a YouTube video yeah I didn't hear about that uh, till a couple of days after it happened because it wasn't as big as I would I, I don't know I just didn't see it as being that big I heard about it um, but but yeah, I don't, I don't, um, I don't think that that's right either. There's something uh, fishy about that too. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's 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 where I am now because now I'm questioning everything. Mm. And you, ha- you have to in the world, I believe. Yeah, I really do because I I saw a lot of now because I'm super skeptical and and a lot of the things that I just took for granted. Many of the media events shootings columbine um a lot of the recent shootings in the US all being exposed quickly at some degree by different gatekeepers to being not right and again I seem to always arrive on total fakery it just is the easiest thing to do why bother with too many actors involved when you could just tell a story and keep people away from the scene and it's so much simpler than employing people yeah and everything Definitely. yeah and everything seems to fit that pattern and and the Amanda Todd thing well because it originated here in Canada I thought <clears throat> do we have similar military or other people them since we can't ever give them a name, doing similar hoaxes? Or do they contract it out to whoever is the specialist in these kind of things? Because, for instance, that case was only brought to me because my children told me about it as it evolved and was pumped into the school. So I bought it for a couple days, but the third day is when I started to question it because it just seemed too slick, like, uh, earlier in the year, Coney 2012. You remember that oh, yeah. YouTube video? <laughs> Wasn't that something? That went that went well, that down was... as fast as it went up. Yeah, yeah, and it appears that the the alleged person that did the video—I can't remember what the young guy's name was—then he was found naked, yelling on a street corner in Los Angeles, as the British say, and made to be made out as a uh, lost his mind and yeah, that I, to I, me and that to me kind of fit a pattern where okay don't bother interviewing this guy because obviously he's lost his mind and maybe it was just a way for those who did the whole hoax to say 
there's no one to interview. He certainly can't interview this guy now because we're showing him to be off the deep end. So you wonder... Again, it just it just keeps people away from the story, I think. Yeah, they got a lot of techniques that they use obviously um mm-hmm. to be able to be able to get people to trap themselves in the rabbit holes and pigeonholes. And um and I the one thing with Coney 12 is is you could obviously see that something wasn't right just by looking at what was happening. The 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 film footage was so professional. It looked like something out of this world. When I was watching it, I couldn't believe how it was, it was beautiful. Top, yeah, it was. It was top grade. It was. It was something that you'd see on a music video or something with you know high def, all that good stuff. So, and I usually start, mm-hmm. you know, when something's too good to be true, it usually is, right? So it's like I start mm-hmm. to question that as well. But yeah, they they really do try if they f- get figured out at any level. I notice they really shut down their little program and uh, try to discredit all the information that you could ever try to find out. So what they did is pull the MK Ultra switch on that guy, and uh, and they really didn't allow anyone to get in close with them because you, they tried to do, uh, they tried to um, discredit them as much as possible so that you just wouldn't even be interested in interviewing them. So. Mm-hmm. But I I think there's do, a lot of truth think- in that. Do you think there's something there? There's mind control involved with these people, these yeah, actors, or are they just, or are they just actors that uh, are put before us? They're not even really real people. I I think there's a lot of mind control. I think the people who are pulling these off are under heavy mind control. I would almost call it possession. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that that's that's where that Ouroboros comes from. It's it's a seducing possession that grabs a hold of people I believe and it forces them to treat it as natural it it tells them how much it loves them and it wants them to do what it wants them to do and and it does it kind of like people you know will will kill other people over their gods and and that's kind of what that plays out to be so but uh with with the Amanda Todd thing um what really sparked my interest in that was the fact that uh a man got fired at his job because he wrote some comment on the board about how how she was uh, so and so, right? And I just thought, what a what a tattletale society where some guy gets fired from his job because some woman looks him up on Facebook, on some social media site, and then calls into his work or writes a letter, and next thing you know, he just lost his whole income. And I think, yeah, that's probably a dumb move to go speaking out, but it's a psyop to begin with, and yet these people are treating it as real, and this guy lost his income because of some psyop, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. just yeah. that's that's absurd to me. So it's just like. That's what kind of sparked so he was, on it. Yeah, he was probably convinced it was true, and maybe he was tired of or didn't like the way it was being portrayed, being so over the top, and why is this particular person so special because she made a YouTube video? What about yeah, others know. that kill themselves for even less reasons? But, yeah, the stories were just... Well, I made a post on it on my website, aberrato.info, yeah. Um, these are just just a, a layman, a media observer's opinions on things that I thought were wrong. I have no proof of any of it, but and I can hardly find any collaboration from anyone else on the net. So I'm kind of alone on that one. But uh, potentially well, there th- must be other. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just going to say one of the big things that I noticed from your webpage that uh, was good was the UN bullying. It's, it's right in part parcel with that. They they send out a psyop 
to be able mm-hmm. to restrict people's freedoms, legislate more ridiculous bills, laws, whatever they got to pass to create this mm-hmm. totalitarian, hyper-socialist, you know, zero-growth society that they want. And, and that's basically mm-hmm. what they're doing it for. So they just keep creating lies, throwing them out. People ho- follow them hook, line, and sinker. And next thing you know, they got the legislation to be able to say, you can't do this anymore. And that's pretty much what it's really after, I find, in some regards, past the mind control. Mm-hmm. But I I really wish people would see that, though. They really, you know, rather than just getting on some message board and saying, oh, this is so horrible that somebody took their life. Like, they really need people to understand that this isn't about someone taking their life. This is about an agenda. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out just little details, little clues. Um, But just solve it from a puzzle point of view. I, I realize again that the end is that they have an agenda that they want to push some kind of control through whatever mechanism they can. Mm-hmm. So I see it for what it is now. I would have never seen that had I not agreed to accept the 9-11 deception being probably the greatest hoax of, of all, of at least the last of our of our era. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So is that... So when you saw where so before 9/11 for instance you were obviously in high school as you said would you where would you what would you have thought about say the the other big events in history just before that say Oklahoma or JFK did you ever have an opinion on that before I, and did it change yeah, very much changed. I, I used to think that a lot of um, the world was kind of true. I, I believe that there was conspiracies happening to keep things, you know, hush-hush on certain levels, but I didn't think that it was a complete fakery, you know? Like, I thought, okay, if they're going to kill someone, he obviously didn't, you know... They didn't like what he was saying, they didn't like what he was doing, so they killed him, you know? I, I didn't think that it was some massive cover-up to keep the agenda going that you can see mm-hmm. now down through history, having looked at even our past psyops and situations. I used to think that, you know, the moon was somewhat semi-real because I did a lot of research growing up on the moon and things seemed to work out. Uh, the science somewhat seemed to work from my understanding mm-hmm. at the time. And uh, and some of the evidence I was showing was obviously in correlation with how I was thinking and feeling. And so I wasn't really too much worried about, you know, this is all lies to to do some agenda, but uh, it it comes with growing up, you know, to be able to see a lot of this stuff. When you're young, you're really ignorant, so it's it's hard to really grasp it for what it is, although I think a lot of kids, when they're really young, uh, past, or before the age of innocence, they can can pretty much smell BS right away, so it's one thing, is if it doesn't pass the BS detector for a kid under the age of seven, it probably is BS. Mm Mm-hmm. So, when did you decide in your mind, do you believe, so you believe the moon, the whole Apollo, NASA, everything, all, everything to do with NASA is a hoax? Media fakery? It is is a hoax now. I was kind of captivated back back in the day by it because I was researching Von Braun and and the whole space Mm -hmm. program being done, and obviously, when you're that young, you weren't given the hey, this is Project Paperclip, you were given, hey, this is NASA. <laughs> so I, uh-huh. I went along with some of it. But, um, but yeah, now it's all Disney fakery from what I can see and what I can tell and the research and evidence that I've pulled up. Um, so when did you start doing heavy research? Just uh, when you were in, uh, got to Clues Forum? 
or when I when, when I dropped you... out of when I dropped out of uh, university because <laughs> I saw that nobody was learning anything. They were just parroting what the teacher would tell them to parrot. And when I dropped out of that, I said, "Oh well, I'm going to continue my learning on my own." And that's when it got kind of heavy. So because there was no boundaries now, there was no limits, there was no um, wild accusations and stereotypes and ostracizing it was just full bore you can do what you want now and and i think that's what really goes back to your comment earlier about talking about your parents and parents of old or people of older generations is that they don't have the access to the technology of the internet like we have so they don't rely on these tools to be able to cross-reference a lot of things and Mm -hmm. that really yeah that's what i was telling my mother i said i just dug up eisenhower's last speech before he left office, where he was warning of the military-industrial complex. And now, I'm, of course, I'm afraid maybe some of that is fake, too, or maybe he's acting. I don't really know, but well, again, just they don't using tell you the my... Truth in that. Yeah, but just using my own best judgment, it does seem like it is true when he was warning of the military-industrial complex. Yes, yeah, I understand that, but they don't still pinpoint the truth to what they're doing. They blame it on a military-industrial complex, which is obviously well-known. Um, just like a lot of people say corporations are bad, they, well, of course they're bad, but who's running these corporations? That's what we really need to get to. And mm-hmm. you'll notice that that's never really talked about. It's always just bad corporations, and they scapegoat, throw people under the bus. But with the advent of the Internet, yeah. that, yeah, your, your parents, my parents, they... What takes us now 15 minutes to find from something even 400 years ago, They back then in their time, they would have had to scan libraries of information, of hardcore physical books, and it's just way too much time, you know? So um, we're yeah. able to really shoot out multiple tentacles to be able to grab a lot of information so we can process it faster. And uh, that's why I think that there's that the truth will come out sooner than later just because of time, because we're we're being allowed to have these accessible uh, technologies that will, if they're used properly, they'll help us for sure. Yeah, let me see if I can play that successfully through uh, through here. Let's see if that plays oh, here. Gonna, yeah, let me just try that. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. Good evening, my fellow Americans. We now stand ten years past the midpoint of a century that has witnessed four major wars among great nations. Until the latest of our world conflicts, the United States had no armaments industry. American makers of plowshares could, with time and as required, make swords as well. But we can no longer risk emergency improvisation of national defense. We have been compelled to create a permanent armaments industry of vast proportions. How to do this? three and a half million men and women are directly engaged in the defense establishment. Now this conjunction of an immense military establishment and a large arms industry is new in the American experience. The total influence, economic, political, even spiritual, is felt in every city, every state house, every office of the federal government. We recognize the imperative need for this development. Yet we must not fail to comprehend its grave implications. Our toil, resources, and livelihood are all involved. 
so is the very structure of our society. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. We should take nothing for granted. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry can compel the proper meshing of the huge industrial and military machinery of defense with our peaceful methods and goals, so that security and liberty may prosper together. Well, you're listening to Wake Up With Ab. Our website is avarato.info, A-B-I-R-A-T-O dot info, and this call will be posted on talkshoe.com under, what's our code number, 123030. My name is Tim. I'm talking with Robin, who is a fellow Canadian and also someone who is awake. We just listened to Eisenhower's farewell address, apparently on January 17, 1961, warning of the power of the military-industrial complex. And if the numbers that I read are right, where the... United States military is approximately 2.5 million out of the 350 million Americans, which I guess is about half a percent, yet they control 53% of the federal budget. That's probably the biggest inequity of all that, of course, that topic like every other real or important topic, will never come up in any presidential debate. Did that uh, audio come through okay, uh, Robin? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah. Still good. Good. Well, I I like that. Yeah, uh, getting back to what we were saying earlier, we have such power now to access all this information. I would have never had access to that particular audio even two or three years ago. Would have never looked for it, perhaps, but it is amazing what power we have to access past information and, as you say, cross-reference things. Things would take forever in a library, and you'd really have to be a librarian to know where everything is. And I remember using, doing different media research before the Internet when I was um, in high school, it was a real chore just to get read old newspaper articles on yeah. microfiche. You had to get access, you had to get time, you had to get a library that had all the info. It was a real chore. Yeah, and who's got time anymore in this world, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you have a lot of time as a student, but it's such a difficult and painful process but now you can go to all kinds of resources now of course the challenge is on the internet knowing what's true and what's not what's controlled what's not 
I, I find but, that uh, on the internet, though, um, that it, you can find out pretty quickly what's true and what's not, just because you have the access to go and cross-reference that with another page, and so you you'll be able to find very quickly what's uh, what's not making sense and how the story is conflicting with your other story. But uh, yeah, can mm-hmm. I cut you off there? <laughs> no, no. I don't mind. We're here to cut off. It's no. There's also a lag on TalkShoe, so I might talk over you for a couple seconds just because of the lag. Now, there are other people on this. We've got a few people at this rather impromptu talk show. Um, a couple of them are have called in or, or are listening on their phone. So I believe if you're in the talk show interface, you can just click on the, I think it's called uh, request to talk. I don't have it on my screen, but I'm pretty sure it's on other screens. Or if you're just on the phone, I believe you can press star 8. So any of you guys who are here that want to talk, feel free to ask. And I'll let you on, and you can ask myself or Robin a question if you have anything, if we said anything interesting to you. Um, Yeah, so getting back to the topic at hand, which I always... Go back to 9-11. So, you agree that 9-11 was total media fakery. Do, do you ever get into who you think did it or or groups, or is that an impossible thing to figure out? Oh, no, it's very, very easy to figure out who did it. Oh, okay, please tell me, because I always get accused of, when I tell other people that don't buy into it, Say, would you stop saying them, them, them? You make yourself look like a look look like an idiot. And I said, well, I don't know who they are, so who else am I going to say? I don't want to pick a group necessarily because maybe you've never heard of that group. So, what do you say to it? What do I say to it? Well, I say that it all comes from, and a lot of people won't want to hear it, but it all comes from the Vatican. It really does. It uh, wow, comes from okay. the Vatican and its side cults. But uh, really, who pulled off 9-11 in context was the Crown Corporation and the City of London, which Mm -hmm. runs every colony on this earth because they are a corporation. And you've probably heard of the City of London, right? It's on square mile within the, the City of London, England. Right. That's where all the bank's headquarters are or... And the biggest media, they're the financial arm of the Vatican, and the media and the intelligence arm of the Vatican. Is the city of London. Yes. Yeah, I, um, where is it? Uh, I've got a link here I can post through that uh, might help some people just kind of see what it is about. You'll have to do more research on this yourself. Uh Um... But that's that's who really pulled off the 9/11. Um, and mm-hmm. these, the the city of London and the Crown Corporation rule over all of the countries in the world. And the people who run the Crown Corporation are Vatican knighthoods known as the Sovereign Military Order of Malta, of Rhodes, and of mm-hmm. Jerusalem. And so they take their commands from, obviously, as you know, the Jesuits and the Vatican. But these people mm-hmm. are the 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 Esmam, as I like to call them, uh, Knights of Malta, 
who run the crown uh-huh. and along with the Jesuits are the overseers of the Vatican treasury and the Vatican being the biggest bank in the world. And so 9-11 was pretty much a, not only was it the perception management as we come to know as the media fakery and the fear-based mind control, but it was a, a money-making scheme basically to get more money back in their pockets through insurance scams and through PSYOP victim fund scams. And that's how they defeat countries is they figure out in many different ways because these people are very talented in their deceptions. And so they'll pull off one of these psyops like 9-11 or many different ideals, whether it be money or power or perception management. But yeah, no, it, it goes back to the crown. It goes back to the crown into the city of London. And um, most of that is, tri- is is very much hidden away from the world um, the crown agents used to be the paper and pen people for the British Empire back in the day. They used to take care of all of the uh, stationary and basically the everyday run-of-the-mill stuff to keep a country going. But then they became their own corporation through the Jesuits, and from there they started to manipulate the industrial or the military-industrial complex. And they they run all of the the OSS, the CIA, the NSA. They run that all. They they have more power than the governments themselves. They tell the governments what to do. And the Queen is not part of this crown because the crown uh-huh. is separate. And so the Queen overlooks Parliament in in England, yes, and and over the Commonwealth realms. But the Crown Corporation really does run it. They own it. They, they're the ones pressuring people, doing the inflation and the deflation with the money. They're the international bankers. And uh, and I wouldn't say that they're Jewish. They just use Jewish as a scapegoat. Um, uh-huh. throw, them under, throw them under the bus for a thousand-year-old uh, reasons, you know. <laughs> uh-huh. But, um, uh-huh. but yeah, that, that's really what it points to. And if you also want to know who helped in pulling that off, uh, the Canadian Air Force and Canadian Secret Service had a bit to play in the media fakery as well. It wasn't wow. just the, the it wasn't just the top brass of America. It was actually because the Crown Corporation owns America, like all the other nations, that they'll use whatever they want to use. So, and one of the best ways I I would think if I had to reason and deductively reason it myself is don't use your own chess pieces against yourself because you probably get found out a lot easier than that. So. There's a lot of truth in the Damaris family, Jesuit family, uh, from Canada and Quebec, who had a lot mm-hmm. of pull in being able to help fake that as well. Um, but I'm wow. just gonna just gonna grab a couple of websites here. This is the official. Where, how did website. you stumble upon? You, I know how you do research. How do you? What kind of resources did you use to get to these particular sites? You just type in Jesuits or, or um, Vatican or what? I I was brought onto the Vatican and the Jesuits by the Unhive Mind Two website. Have you heard of Craig Oxley? No. Okay, well I'm gonna I'm gonna get grab that link for you because this this person has done a significant amount of research into this. And uh, coming from the country where the crown is basically running its head of operations out of, and the media and the intelligence, that he has a lot more, he's privy to a lot more inter- information just being well within its uh, parameter, or like, what's that word I'm looking for? Just 
within its environment. So you're talking about you're talking about Britain. Yes, yes. And so okay. he, he was great. He was great to be able to pull up a lot of um, extra links and information that you wouldn't hear otherwise. Um, and so that's how I got on onto some of that myself. Um, what else was I going to say? Uh, because there's so how there's long have you, how long have you um, known about all these the, this angle for instance of uh, the crown? Not that long to be honest, because they are kept very secretive. Um, them and the livery companies, the hundred and eight companies that are within the city of London Corporation, these people are played off as nobodies. So you don't get a lot of and because they control the media, the intel, and the banking and the nations themselves, their governments and policies, that that's why you always hear the words thrown out, media industrial, or the military industrial complex, because they don't want it ever coming back to them on any real level. Mm -hmm. So it does take a bit of work to get through that. And so I only came about it recently, um, within the past couple of months. Uh, but the proof is in the pudding. The more you look into who these people are and how they were founded, their sticky mitts are all over everything. And uh, that's the way they want it, because the world to them is a, a uh, everything's up for sale. It's all a corporation. There's no such thing as nations, and, and as we see them to them, it's it's all business straight down to it, past their beliefs. So, so what's your opinion on, um, cause you were in Canada, what's your belief on populist leaders? Are they... Uh, these are the leaders that I believe stand up to the corporations and, for instance, they advocate the wealth of the nation resources, especially in Canada, be owned by the people. Of course, he's not really before your time. For instance, Trudeau in Canada mm -hmm. and then more recently, Jack Layton. These two had the appearance of standing up to corporations and wanting to have the country own more of the resources. Do you think, are are these people puppets as well, actors in the whole thing, or do you think there's genuine uh, disdain, distaste for corporations and the corporation that you're describing out of the City of London or the City of London Corporation? Do you think they're real? And if so, do you think they're targeted? I think that they're not real. I think that they're fake, all of them. Trudeau was even to have a uh, Jesuit-trained um, background. Quebec right, yeah, I think I remember that. Quebec is heavily Jesuit-infiltrated like any other nation, but Quebec being what it is, that's why we have those, those what's it called? protests happening for the school system that's all controlled opposition but anyway getting back to that that Jack Layton was another um, all, all politicians are governed by the Crown Corporation these people don't make any decisions have you seen the video on YouTube of even Prime Minister Harper saying the exact same speech from 2003 as Howard from the Australian government the exact same speech I heard about that yeah I did hear about that and I, there was some kooky explanation for it as well. Hey, well, that's because the Crown passes down what they want to be said and how they want it to be said and all that propaganda, and that's how it gets pumped out. And uh, 
so does the crown get to these people because or does the crown bring them up from or bring them up from the base do they actually introduce them into the system or any of these people genuine grassroots people or are they all got to once they're in office they are all part of the plan they were all orchestrated to be who they were before they ever got to where they were um just like uh prime minister harper is part of the lineage of queen elizabeth these these people like uh they they they're trained to be who they are there's no way you can get into politics at that level even if you're an independent and expect to get anywhere if you're not in that club of lineage of bloodline of the oath of these these military orders or Vatican knighthoods. There's just no way. And that's why nothing. So democracy. So so democracy. Even democracy a lot of us. <laughs> right. We thought it was a. We had a gut instinct that there's no point in voting. Nothing will change, or that's just a distraction to keep the people thinking they have control. But it's all a charade. So everyone of any significance that rises to power has been given to us? Yes, yes. Even the people who stake out, even even uh, Chavez Guerrero, all those people, they're, they're all part of it. There's no way they're, that they would be... There's no way that they'd be allowed to say what they say as well. Um, you know, they... they because anybody again who has tried to talk out about most of this stuff has has been excommunicated. That's a nice play way of saying killed off or discredited completely and thoroughly. So, um, and and these people never bring any attention to the subject either. Like you think if Jack Layton or Prime Minister Harper was to get to the position that they're at, that they would have to have come about something of this knowledge. Like I don't even have half the educational background. I would say in a form of the Prime Minister, but yet I know who's actually pulling the strings, so there's no way he can tell me he doesn't know. Like, you know what I mean? So it's it's through that deductive reasoning as well, that these people have to understand what they're in with and who's controlling it, and they just, they can't speak out about it, because that, that just blows it all, and they've sworn oaths to get to where they're, they're at. They, they're all part of these side cults and stuff, so they, they there's no way that they can speak out because they're going against, uh, say, 20 years of their oath or 10 or 15 years. So they're not about to do that. It's almost as possible as someone who's been hardcore into believing the moon wasn't a hoax. They just can't go against what they've been indoctrinated with. So, so there's an oath, or do you figure that oh, yeah. they just there's can't? Are any of them because of the oath? So they're not being blackmailed in any way. They're just part of the club. The they're being blackmailed. They're, if they speak out against that oath, they might lose their life. And I don't know about you, but I don't know too many humans that would stick out their necks as far as to say that they'd lose their life. You know no, I, mean? I don't either. So, that's, so you that's really it's, it it's the threat of death to to break an oath. Yeah, that, well, that's what it says even in the Jesuit order, the Esmom order. That's. Uh, masons, and they get to certain levels, that's their oath. They cannot break that knot that gets put around their neck. And if they do, they know darn well what the consequences are. And, uh, that's do you think anyone... Do you, have okay. any of them spoken out that you know of? 
Well, you'll get your Ted Gundersons, you, you know, your former FBI agent who must have been a Mason at some point, and all these Jesuit coadjutors like Griffin or Alex Jones. They, they, they will tell you just enough of what you want to hear, but they don't get to the real matter that would try to obliterate their oath. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they'll, they'll, they'll get you close, but they're not going to tell you something that will get themselves killed either. So. so when Alex Jones talks about the bankers all the time, that's not the city of London bankers that he's, or is he, or is yeah, he saying no, it? No, no, he, yeah, he, he's giving you half there. It's still the bankers, because again, these corporations run the banks, but um, like mm-hmm. the city of London and the Crown. But again, you don't get that specific information. So they'll get you right to it. Mm-hmm. But if they were to turn around and say, yeah, it was the Crown Corporation, it was the city of London, and these S-mom guys talk about it, or run it, and they do it for the Vatican Treasury to be able to oppress and suppress nations, yeah, you'd see them immediately gone within a week. And I wouldn't say maybe that they would be killed, but they would be removed very quickly. So, mm-hmm. For instance, Webster Tarpley talks about the city of London all the time whenever someone brings up the Zionists he says no are you kidding me it's not them it's the city of London so he's pretty overt in saying that is he not he, have you heard him no I haven't heard him but but it's right that it's the city of London and not the Zionists the Zionists are just a mm-hmm. form of communism and and and, and uh, socialism that, that kind of has spun off on a side spin. It, it's not really about the Jewish people at all, because if you look at the leaders of the IMF, because the Crown owns the IMF, the Crown owns the World like the World Bank, it owns, um, it's part of the United Nations agencies. That's what I think a lot of people are missing, too, is that the United Nations doesn't care about nations. It's an agency, and it runs agencies, and agencies help it do its thing. And mm-hmm. When it comes down to it, the, the how do I explain it? The um, all the people that are trained to be the presidents, uh, whether it's Mario Draghi or uh, Van Rompuy, none of these people are elected in. They're all Jesuit alumni trained. Uh, Barroso's mm-hmm. Jesuit alumni trained. You go to the mayor of the city of London, the corporation, which the queen has to ask for permission to enter when she wants to do business there at the inner temple. She has to ask for permission from this mayor, and the mayor is of a, uh, what's his designation? He is, one second here, I'll bring that up. Mm -hmm. I'll post the the link. So when we say it's a corporation... It's the corporation of the city of London. Um, who owns the corporation? Is it uh, just the, the Vatican, the Jesuits? Do the yeah, Rothschilds, where do they fit in? Rothschilds get put as the front men in case anything goes wrong, and the Jesuits are the ones behind the screens pulling the shots, and they do it all for supreme temp- uh, temporal power of the Vatican. But they really own the Vatican. They took it over when they were beaten down and suppressed by the Vatican and they didn't like that so they came back and took over the Vatican and now run it and use it as a front to be able to steal mm-hmm. all the waste, all the nation's wealth that's why Swiss was kept neutral during World War II so it would play both sides against the middle and so mm-hmm. forth so it's was the Black Pope the, the head of the corporation? I, I guess you could say that, yeah. It, a lot of people have been in a lot of dis- disagreements about who's actually running that, um, mm-hmm. whether it's Black Pope. But it, it's it's a council that the Black Pope sits on, 
and the black pope is still kind of even made to be a front man in this council which is kind of like uh the provincials there's there's like 10 provincials that even run obviously the state's politics and you'll notice you'll see these provincials with all world leaders in all of their pictures um at certain points and these provincials are the ones in the council are the ones who are really calling the shots on the banks and putting the rockefellers in charge and the rockefellers are only given charge of the banks because they were enabled to mix with the royal bloodlines to get there so they're mm -hmm. not really anybody of any great importance they just happen to have some wealth and then they get put in the chair to take the hold of the situation but if anything changes it's not the rockefellers making the changes it's the people above them and uh the farnese family and the borgia family helped start the Jesuits and the Jesuits are just continuing on the age of Babylon pretty much and that's why everything in our world is that onslaught of Babylon uh -huh. I don't know if you agree with any of this but that's, that's I, I don't know I, I don't even know about any of this so you're just oh. you're talking to someone who doesn't have a clue okay you know, um, I'm, I'm not familiar with any of this um, the first I had heard about the Masons and the Jesuits is from uh Marcus Allen's talk show, truth be told, I never really thought about any of this. Yeah. Well, it's, it's um, a multi-level conspiracy, obviously, so that it's going to take a little bit of um, work to get through. But I just posted two links, the Verniable Order of St. John. That's the Asmon Knights of Malta, John and Rose, and, or Jerusalem and uh, Rhodes. And you'll notice there of the cross, and you'll see that cross, on Her Herman Gowring, you'll see that cross on many people, Mussolini, you'll see it on the Rothschilds, and these people are really the the, the inner ones that, um, they won't tell you anything you need to know, but they're, they're all part of the bloodlines, and Roger Gifford is now the new acting mayor of London for the City of, Corporation, or the city of London Corporation, and he is, uh -huh. if you look at the bottom of Wikipedia, he is from the Venerable Order of St. John. And so, like I said, with all these people, they're all Jesuit trained, and they're all Knights of Malta, and they're the ones calling the shot. And I think the connections are too, too, how do you put it, they're too evident, you know what I mean? When you start noticing all the major players throughout history have all been part of this order, <laughs> like, you can't deny that, I, at least I can't. So that, that's what really helps it uh, for me kind of narrow it all together is that you have evidence of this actually coming together rather than oh you know most people are like well you don't have any evidence and I don't see any evidence of planes well maybe it's not the plane evidence that we need to be looking at with stuff like 9-11 maybe it's the fact of hey all these people who seem to be in positions of power that would know anything about 9-11 all seem to be in the same orders uh need to mm -hmm. you know they have the in, in time and time again they are the same trained orders it's not like you'll and and they might say they're a Lutheran, they might say whatever religion that they're part of, but they're still all trained for the cause. Um, one other good thing I'm going to post here is the Secrets in Plain Sight website. Mm -hmm. And this goes a bit more into um, some of the, just some of the craziness that gets put out about the city of, or city corporation, and how you can see that it goes back to Egypt because Jesuits the IHS stands for Isis, Horus, and Set, which uh, were the Egyptian deities. And that's where you have all the obelisks. You have the three obelisks in the 
three city states of the military, uh, Washington, D.C., um, the Vatican spiritual power, and the financial power being uh, London. I, th I think that last link uh, is invalid. What? I, I okay. Got a little Maybe. error. Oh, I think it was two links, that's why. One second, my apologies. Oh, you got, oh, okay, right, okay. Yeah, it was two links. Don't worry about the, the second link, it's the secrets in plain sight. And from there you'll start to see that I, from my research too, without having to post a billion different links, that these people mm -hmm. are just continue, continuing on, they're age old, because Babylon was separated, right, from the Tower of Babel. And all the nations and languages were, like, all the languages and the peoples were spread out. And so what they're doing with this agenda is basically bringing back Babylon. And it's amazing that the little things that you'll see in many pictures, like of all these Nazi Germans, because the Jesuits started Nazi Germany, that they'll mm -hmm. be stand, when they stand on their pulpits, you'll notice not only the, the occult symbolism, but even in a fence rail, right in front of them, you'll see within the bars that make up the fence rail, it'll have IHS, but you won't notice it just looking at it, just like even for the 10th mm -hmm. time looking at it, because it's so inconspicuous. But it's all there. It's like they want us to know, and I've, I've heard things out there that that's why they pull these psyops off, is because they believe it's for our benefit that we deal with adversity so we can come to the truth of the realization that this plan is going to happen whether we like it or not. What is their plan? Uh, to reunite the world into a totalitarian world government and basically bring back Babylon for their antichrist religion, which is the Ouroboros belief of Lucifer. <laughs> Without going too deep, it sounds ridiculous. Oh. It's basically so biblical. This is, That's this, why they, so the new, they try to discredit the Bible. So this is the new world order that everyone is warning people against, even though it seems like such a vague... Yeah. Such a vague thing. It, it this seems is the root of that? Yeah, it seems vague because there's so much confusion. But what they've been trying to do is divide and conquer so much that by the time that you actually think you got a hold of something, your brain's so mush that you just won't even believe it yourself. Yeah, mine's already getting mushy again. Oh, am I mushing it on I, you? Well, yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff okay. here. Okay. Well, no, it's that's fine, good. it's that's fine. Good. It's all stuff I never really heard of. They certainly don't advertise it anywhere. So. No, that's because that's cause the, the people who are pulling the wool over your eyes are the ones who will always tell you that they're the nicest people in the world. <laughs> that, that's huh. what's really happening, is all the nice people in the world, like these orders, and if you go to the website, they're all about humanitarian works, and like the Vatican, we're all about spiritual religion, and we're all about good times, you know, and getting people into faith. And yet, if you take away that veneer, that facade that they have, it's it's straight up an agenda and it's evil because they wouldn't be doing what they're doing if they had the true knowledge of 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 being a decent human being. You know what I mean? So they, they must be possessed. Is the only way uh -huh. I can say that because I don't know of too many decent human beings that have to go that hard against themselves. Against no, this natural. is a lot of this is a lot of work to uh, take over the world, really. Yeah, well, I think the plans really got out of hand with the uh, coming to America. I think coming to America was a great thing for the people of this world because they got away from the oppression and the suppression of what was happening in Europe at that time. And so that really kind of stopped their plans for a little while. 
And, mm-hmm. uh, but now they've now they've caught up, haven't they, in America? Yeah, they've very much caught up, and they've caught up around the world. And uh, and they 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 run China, they run it all. So what they're doing is is continuing to pit people against each other to to build up their empire that was crushed thousands of years ago and disbanded supposedly by God. So and, and that's what they're really doing. That's what they. They believe they can be gods if they pull this off, and that's why they're so hell-bent on wanting to pull it off, and that's why these psyops come about, because they want us to believe in their in their plan. And and you can see that in all the media, you can see it in all the way that they, they try to educate people in the indoctrination. They don't want you to know the truth. That's the one thing they definitely don't want you to know is the truth. Mm-hmm. And so they play it off even as a story, like, oh, the New World Order is a fairy tale. Well, if it's a fairy tale, these guys wouldn't be pressing so hard and doing what they're doing every other day with these psyops if they, you know, if it wasn't a fairy tale, like, or if it was a fairy tale. Mm -hmm. I would think somebody would have better things to do, (laughs) like take care of your children, you know, so. Yeah. How much time do you spend on all this, researching this? Is this... Uh, is there more, always more for you to discover? Or uh, do you just sort I'm of... Getting, I'm getting to the point, I've invested a lot of time in this, there's a lot of, uh, probably like six hours a day for the past couple of years recently. Um, six hours a growing, day? Yeah, wow. it's been growing, it's been growing exponentially from when I first started out from the initial 9-11. And I'm getting to the point now that I've figured most of it out it's just a matter of trying to get other people to wake up because there's no way one person could come out and try and say all this stuff and have anyone believe them but you do have power in numbers and so it's now having a good grasp of what I've learned and what is true from the evidence at hand and the patterns and the connections and it's just a matter of getting that out there now because the conspiracy can only go so far, too, right? Like, these psyops can only go so far. When you figure out that there's huh. no planes and that it's all media fakery, that, okay, well, now that you know all that, now you got to get it out. Now, like it was in previous comments, um, when you first had that first audio there at the beginning of the show, that it's, it becomes now the obligation to be able to get it out. Yeah, that's sort of what I try and do. I really do. I can't get past, uh, though I can't get, I, well, I use my parents as a litmus test because they have to take the abuse because they made me. That's the way I look at it. So, although they pushed back really hard, for instance, my mother, brother, they all ask who they think is going to, who I think is going to win the election. And I said, well, really doesn't matter because it is a distraction. I think Obama's made it perfectly clear that he doesn't control anything and they can use the excuse of the way the government is set up where it's very hard to get anything through. But I really believe that it's pre-scripted and the person who is declared the winner in two weeks has already been briefed. It's already pre-written and there's you're really just arguing with yourself in the sense that it's just a distraction. Yeah, and yeah. I think Obama's been one of the most um manufactured presidents ever in terms of 
who he is and his background. It's been so carefully covered up and doesn't seem to really bother anybody. And I know there's the the odd character yelling that we need to look at this birth certificate and we need to challenge him on this. But whether they're just part of the distraction, I don't know. But or just to control the opposition, as always, to keep to make it seem like people are looking into it when in fact we've learned nothing about him. Yeah, he well, is one of the. Mm-hmm. Go on. He just seems to be one of the most manufactured presidents ever. It's 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 so gross, grossly overdone with him. It's 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 ridiculous. Yeah, to the to the aware mind, it would it, it is like that. He he isn't even the first black president, am I right? I well, that's what I posted. I posted. Him. Yeah, I put a post on that based on another. I think Marcus's talk show when I was okay. going through Marcus's archives. One of his uh, callers mentioned it, or Marcus found out about that. Yeah, I think the others might have have had mixed blood. And the one movie I did see that was rather convincing. And again, I'll just keep saying it. I don't know what's true and what isn't, but it seems convincing. The movie that was called Dreams of My Real Father, I thought that was pretty good, pretty well done. It convinced, it was convincing enough to me that uh, he comes from a CIA background and potentially his mother mixed it up with one Frank Davis, who was a alleged Marxist communist organizer in Chicago and then on to Hawaii. It did make sense. I don't know the filmmaker's agenda. I don't know if he's controlled, but it made more sense than his father being a Kenyan goat herder. I think I heard that once, although my mother said he was a Kenyan educated man, but that made no sense to me whatsoever. But uh, again, I just go with a few things from 9-11 where I say to people, I... There's too many things that didn't pass the smell test back then, and now I have a reasonable explanation for what happened. So therefore, we have to unravel and recount and re-go over everything we learned in history. Yeah, yeah, very much Even so. the touchy stuff, like the Holocaust, like the Nazis, this, mm-hmm. this, this whole year of history that they've put a lockdown on we can't even talk about it anymore in germany you go to jail if you even bring it up it's it's ridiculous well if you notice too i don't know about if you use youtube but a lot of videos get censored for germany as well it's like they don't want germany to wake up because they know they'll have a real problem on their hands if they did yeah i don't Mm -hmm. oh i was gonna say one of the reasons a lot of countries like britain is financially and, and economically ruined, the same with America, uh, the same with Germany had happened to it, um, is because these nations are primarily Protestant nations, where the people uh-huh. were were not under a socialist government or communist government that was created and instituted by Vatican Jesuits. If you notice all the worst countries in the world, the majority of them are Roman Catholic, Jesuit run. <laughs> Like, yeah, they're all run, mm-hmm. I guess, by the Jesuits, but what I'm trying to say is that the most lively, most technologically advanced countries in this world that gave us some of the best that we've had as our humanity 
uh, um, in progress have come from primarily Protestant nations that were somewhat Bible-believing and had this ability to to be truthful. You know what I mean? So, well, they protest. Like Protestant means they protested against the Church, right? Against the Vatican. Is that not right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, what? The, what? And, and there's like that's what I mean. Just looking at some of these connections, and that's why that's why Obama has been manufactured is because he has his papal masters that look after him um, from Jesuit Georgetown University and other places and uh, and that's what they want they want to see America destroyed and, and all these other countries and fall under their rule so they can create that totalitarianism and, and uh, if you look at that's why race wars were started as well with America and stuff like that that um Ever since America was founded, it was already being inspired to be taken over because of. That's why I mean, like their agenda to bring about Babylon again is kind of at its faltering points. Where they come over to America, and America now sets it up. Oh, hey, we're free under God, and we got our own land, and now we can make our our rules. We got out of the of the suppression, and then they see that, and then they come over, like the Jesuits in the Vatican, and say, whoa, 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 we got to rein this in, and so then they start creating their North and South Civil War, and uh, that's how Vietnam was done. Vietnam was a Jesuit war um, to kill Buddhists, uh, and, uh-huh. and so what they're doing is going around the world, taking out all the people who believe that they're free, <laughs> in some uh-huh. regards. You know what I mean? Even though if you guess you believe in God, you're still not really free, because you have to follow a certain path of obedience, but that's what seems mm-hmm. to be happening with a lot of it. I have another link that I'll post here, and these are censored books and censored censored things. I don't know if you've heard of this. It's the Arctic Beacon no. website. Okay, well, it's the Arctic Beacon website. How are they censored? What? Why are they censored? Well, oh, they're censored because people have decided to buy prefaces and, and just they, these things just won't come out mm-hmm. hello oh yep. you still there We're okay here. cutting it yep. for a second no I didn't say anything I was trying to read it okay. I was just trying to read the page uh, arcticbeacon.com forward slash books interesting yeah but what, what you'll see, though, is that a lot of the Jesuits came about, and a lot of this is happening because of the the Reformation. And so what they're doing is counter-Reformation. And mm-hmm. that's why we get a lot of the wars that we get is the same with the Spanish Inquisitions, the same with World War One, World War Two. They were all papal crusades. They weren't wars based on these people are bad. They they were to go in, and that's why a lot of the Holocaust, I don't believe, was directed at the Jews. It was directed at Protestants. And it was directed at really? people who, who wouldn't fall under the Vatican's teachings and its Gnosticism of of its Babylonian beliefs. And mm-hmm. that's why you have America starting up Project Paperclip and starting up Disney and stuff like that, is that they're, they were all the Nazi, Jesuit-trained, socialist, fascist, totalitarians that that wanted to keep the plan running and that's why the red cross as well was used to smuggle and sweden was was remained neutral during world war ii to help smuggle these people out because their plan was coming apart 
Uh-huh. So that's what we have wow. now too with the European Union, which was obscenely just given the Nobel Prize for Peace and Stability when 90% of its economy is in bankruptcy. Like, <laughs> they just keep passing right. the buck and buying back more debt, which goes against basic mathematics. The whole money system goes against basic mathematics. Yeah, it's a real so, house of cards, isn't it? It is, and it is, it's all based on fear again. And um, uh, But uh, what they're doing again is trying to reestablish their their supremacy just in a subtle more subtle form that's why they're they're doing the super state lockdown of, of the European Union and uh, that's why you have countries like Norway don't want to be a part of it um, because it goes back to their constitution if you look up the Norwegian constitution of 1814 they were a primarily Protestant Christian nation they signed that within the first page saying that that's what they were and that no mm-hmm. Jesuits or mon- monistic orders were to be accepted, um, right on the first page. And what happened during World War II? The occupation of Norway. They were immediately, mm-hmm. but Sweden, but Sweden wasn't attacked. And in 1814, Sweden was trying to get Norway to come under the Union. So they even started war with them back then. As soon as this was signed, they went to war. So that's what I mean. When you connect the dots, you start to see a lot of revelations that. If you step out and want to start being some type of Protestant or some type of God-loving creature, that you're going to be attacked in this world by the by the conspiracy and the agenda, and that's basically what's happening all over the world to these countries. So, and that's why they. I heard on one talk. Corporation. I heard on one talk that JFK was a Jesuit. So, do you think? This bring me back to some things that I can actually get my hand a lot, my my head around. Do you think that he was killed, or that was all uh, all fakery? I don't really know to be honest, because the fakery that I've seen, where the, they have those buckets and they wipe the blood on the car at the end and stuff, I've seen those clips and I've seen the the Pruder film. The Pruder. Yep, and I start to say that yeah, a lot of it doesn't seem right because even when the shots fired, the people in the background are looking in a completely different angle, in different direction. Like, it just doesn't make sense after observing it. But I also know that um, it wasn't the speech about secret societies that got JFK killed, if he did get killed. One of the biggest reasons he was ousted was because he made a speech, uh, and I don't know where the page is, but you can find it on the internet very quickly probably, where he made a speech about not having, he wasn't going to play to the part of the Catholics anymore. And so he basically went against his oath. And one of the Jesuit oaths, even if he was trained as a Jesuit and overseen by the cardinals, which are all Jesuit trained, that you do not speak out against the oath in any way. Otherwise, the oath says that we will dispose of heretical kings and princes and whatever they do. What would that be under... How would I find uh, that one? What would that? That would be. I'm not primarily sure, to be honest, but I would put in um, Kennedy speaking out about Catholicism or about Roman rule, because that's what it was. That's what he. Uh, was it his speech on religion? Was that before? Yeah, that, one second. Uh, secret society one? 
Uh, I'm not sure actually of the time frame, but um, one sec here because I'm on a page and he first told he was strongly supported the separation of church and state, which again is against the oath because the church wants you to remain in obedience to that. Um, with this, he added that no church should be favored because of its religion, again, against mm -hmm. oath, and also put away thoughts that he would be influenced or told what to do by the Roman Catholic Pope. Boom, you're dead. And I'll just throw that. Yeah, there's here's one that says JFK Church and State. Um... Greater, let's see if this sounds familiar. Reverend Mesa, Reverend Rock, I'm grateful for your generous invitation to state my views. While the so-called religious issue is necessarily and properly the chief topic here tonight, I want to emphasize from the outset that I believe that we have far more critical issues in the 1960 campaign. The spread of communist influence until it now festers only 90 miles from the coast of Florida. The humiliating treatment of our president and vice president by those who no longer respect our power. The hungry children I saw in West Virginia. The old people who cannot pay their doctor's bills. The families forced to give up their farms. An America with too many slums, with too few schools, and too late to the moon and out of space. These are the real issues which should decide this campaign. And they are not religious issues. For war and hunger and ignorance and despair, no, no religious barrier. But because I am a Catholic, and no Catholic has ever been elected president, the real issues in this campaign have been obscured, perhaps deliberately, in some quarters less responsible than this. So it is apparently necessary for me to state once again not what kind of church I believe in, for that should be important only to me, but what kind of America I believe in. I believe in an America where the separation of church and state is absolute, where no Catholic prelate would tell the president, should he be Catholic, how to act, and no Protestant minister would tell his parishioners for whom to vote. Where no church or church school is granted any public funds or political preference, and where no man is denied public office merely because his religion differs from the president who might appoint him or the people who might elect him. Does that sound like the speech, uh, Robin? Yeah, yeah, that sounds like it. So. I see. A, I see. I see. You put a um, a link in there. Just a quick little link to, to be able to help people understand of, of his position on that. Nothing of any great consequence, but as as you can hear from his own voice, that that speech was true. So. He was a great speaker, wasn't he? He was. He, he had a lot of I, conviction. He had a lot of charisma, a lot of conviction. I don't think there's been a president like him. and I think they tried to make Obama... A remake of him in a, in a way, definitely modeled a lot, but I don't think that I don't know how made JFK was, how manufactured he was, but 
Do you think he was really manufactured, or do you think he was genuine? I think he was manufactured until he realized what he was getting in trouble with, and then he started to speak up about it, started to want to make some changes. Um, because it, if it was you or I in that position, and we were given all that absolute power, but then realized what that absolute power was really doing and what it really wanted from the people, from yourself, that there would have had to been some type of intuitive guide to be able to tell you that you have to say something about what's going on, even if it's subtle, you know, dancing around the aspect again. But um, but he, he was genuine enough to, to go against it. And so I'm not sure if, if, again, he was ousted, like killed because of that, or whether they just pulled him from office and still let him live his life somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh that's a real mystery that we'll never I don't think we'll ever get to the bottom of. We'll never get to know that, will we? Not necessarily no. No. I I don't see that. But then that's probably not maybe where we should be focusing our energy or attention either. Mhm. So Where should we be focusing it? Uh On, on um, how do I, I don't know. Well, one, on speaking out against uh, most of the power structures I've just listed within this radio show, um, like the, uh-huh. the teachings the teachings of the Catholic Church, because it's not Christianity at all. It's not anything but Babylonian occult Satanism, when it really boils down to it. And most people don't believe in Satan, but these people do, so they're doing what they're doing. But, um speaking out against that and uh, and just being more compassionate because the way that they're trying to emotionally bankrupt people and manipulate them through their geoengineering or, or, or bioengineering, that they're, they're really not making this world any more compassionate mm-hmm. or caring. And, and I think that that goes a long way to being able for people to see the truth in PSYOPs in anything is is that they have people who will stand around them and be compassionate and caring. Mhm. Do you think the do you think the whole 9/11 thing will ever be widely understood or is that a lost cause? Like I think I, I think I think it's a lost cause. Yeah, I cause. think Yeah, I do too. I think I think it's now going to be written in the history books as is I with just footnotes about those who did who who thought it was some kind of conspiracy and the bushes and the Cheneys, the front men that really had nothing much to do with it other than just look pretty in front of the camera yeah yeah well it it's also you can't when these people are controlling the history the way that they're controlling it, it's the same thing with, it'll go down in the history books regardless of what most people say because they write the history books. It's the same with Albert Einstein being Jesuit trained and a fraud as well. And his theory having no actual concrete scientific um, principles to it, it's just like Tesla said, it's just elegant mindlessness, you know, for people to swallow up and be confused by. Uh And and yet, because he's in with the Jesuits, he's able to now go down in history as being that guy. So, they, a lot of these things are dead issues until people want to get to the real heart of what's happening. Mm-hmm. 
and then and then they'll start to see hey that 9/11 was more than what it just was you know so but until people do you believe so so do you think that uh, Albert Einstein was just purely manufactured or was oh, he yeah, just an actor yeah yeah very much so um it's even he, been recorded uh, that he stole the and plagiarized um from numerous other uh actual in the field physicists that were doing work on relativity somewhat, that he stole those ideas and published them because they sent mm-hmm. him there was these other, I forget their names, but I think one was um, Scandinavian. And he sent his publishings to Einstein a week before Einstein came out with his publishings. And whenever Einstein was asked about these people, he had no comment, no comment whatsoever. Do you think Tesla was real? I think Tesla was real um, because mm-hmm. Tesla was an orthodox and Tesla believed in the power of the mind that God could give you. He didn't roll with the Catholicism way. He didn't roll with... He knew that he knew the occult. He knew that the power of the numbers and the deception and the, and the energy behind that. But he was, mm-hmm. he was somewhat of a... Because it was even stated in his works that his mother told him to read the Bible through and through and, and, and take the truth from that. And I think that's what allowed him to be the great man he was, and that's why he was destroyed the way he was. Um, you know, mm-hmm. sent all this stuff taken away, and, and our our whole world is thanks to him for the most part right now. And yet, nobody yeah. even seems to mention him. They all mention Einstein because who controls the history books? The, the basically the ecumenical movement of of the of the Vatican. So do you believe he really had a car that with the eight foot antenna that could draw upon the I suppose electromagnetic power that's all around us and um, I'm, and move. I'm not sure. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, well, that that's and and he also claimed that he could set up a force field around the perimeter of the United States with some kind of device placed every 200 miles that again would uh, draw upon wireless power being projected, I suppose, from one of his giant Tesla coils like there was on Long Island, and that would somehow create a force field of some of some way where it um, would, I guess, emit a frequency that was similar to the sun's frequency, because the sun is just at some huge number, 500 trillion vibrations a second, so it would be it would it would be a force field that would literally break apart any oncoming planes that came into the force field. Do you believe that? I haven't done enough research on some of that to be able to say conclusively my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do know he he was stepping on forces and on nature and and principles that are already in this world and at play that we don't have to um, manipulate and make up and theorize and fudge with. And uh, Mm -hmm. he was looking at it from a more realistic standpoint um, than just some pseudo-psychological sense. Um, And and, uh, and that's where I believe a lot of his technology is right. I I don't so much... Because if you look at the, the Nexrad in... Uh, the harp and stuff like that that's basically his technology so they obviously were able to perfect something that he was working on right 
to be able to manipulate weather in certain aspects the way they do. Whether it's complete manipulation or even 50%, they're still able from conclusive research to be able to start and stop some things. And so I, I think that they're halfway to making a force field, but whether they can do it completely is another thing. Because the, the people who are stole his technology and his thinking and, and confiscated his documents at his death are the people who believe in lies. So they're not going to see the truth anyway. You know, they're going to mess with it so much that they're going to fudge it all up and, and basically turn it into something it was never supposed to be and screw with it till it's it's just destroyed itself. That's what these people do. They, they mess with things so much that they can't help but destroy it. So I think that he, he was on to it. I think he, with looking at some of his technology of how to take the invisible energy that we can't see and transmute that into usable power, that, that is definitely true. It's just a matter of being in a, in a mindset to be able to accept that. We have uh, a caller, Jennifer Jennifer on the line. Jennifer, you have something to say about Tesla. Jennifer, can you hear us? Okay, well, I don't know if she can hear. But she she has a comment saying that she asked, do you guys believe that the big blackout was caused by a government-built Tesla tower? Oh, that's not Jennifer. Well, I don't that's, think it... that's me. Oh, okay, sorry. When I just uh, cl- clicked on Aris Took Watchman... <laughs> Oh, you're it right. Okay. Up. Yes, that's the the owner of that. Anyway, those are the folks that own the radio station that we transmit from. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, oh, I was just cool. clicking on your link. Yeah, Who am I speaking to? My name's Jack. Hey, Jack. Hi. Um, there was some pretty decent evidence, not conclusive, obviously, but pretty decent evidence that the... Uh, bunch of civil engineers built a Tesla tower in um, Illinois, I believe, that was mm-hmm. when they when they blamed the, the tree in Canada falling on the big line that caused the cascade effect throughout the whole Northeast. Right, I believe yeah, I think it was in Cleveland. We can't take no. the blame for that. It was Cleveland area. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, there was some some real good evidence that the government, whoever that is, had uh, constructed a Tesla tower, and when they activated the thing, it pulled down so much energy that it whacked a whole bunch of the uh, transformers and whatnot from the on the grid and caused the the cascade effect. Didn't know what you guys had thought about that. Well, I know where I was. I was just trying to drive down the road, and all the first traffic light I hit went out, and then the next traffic light was out, and I thought, this is a big problem that I haven't seen before. Yeah, I never bought into the single tree story. It really didn't make a whole lot of sense. That's like the single bullet theory, the silver bullet, Arlen Specter. Yeah, I agree. It, it's just yeah. too simple times a hundred to make any sense. And we know they tell us the grids are all interconnected, just so as to to pawn off power when there's too much generation. I think, of course, we're in for another big power crisis just by the 
the sources of power they're they're creating, especially here in Ontario with wind and solar. I just don't see how they can be easily um, distributed because they're just such flaky sources. But I agree. I I've never heard your story, uh, Jack, about the the Tesla tower, but it's just as believable as the tree branch knocking out a major line. How major could a line be if a tree branch could knock it over? Because usually the major lines are well above any trees and they're thick and there are many redundancies built into the whole line. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think, Robin? No, sense. no I, I agree, Jack. What do you think, Robin? Um, was this the 2003 power outage? I yes, so. I believe That's so. That's about the right time yeah. frame. Yeah, um, um, I didn't notice. We live off the grid. Yeah, I, I've um, bounced <laughs> around a lot in my time since that, so it's kind of escaped me. But I remember it now, and and uh, I don't I don't really know what to say about that. I don't know really how it went down. I don't know that if they had Tesla towers that were drawing so much energy that it crashed the system or anything. But uh, I could definitely think that when the power goes down like that, that they're messing with something. Well, the reports that yeah. I saw that, that seemed to be relatively credible were, uh, indicated there was just a single Tesla tower that they were using as an experiment that some government agency had kind of got authorized to build this thing, and they never expected the power surge that it generated when they activated the thing. And instead of saying geez, we really screwed up, we're sorry, they disassembled it and hauled it away. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, that's it, right. <laughs> if yeah, it has about, that kind of right. if it yeah. has that kind of power where it can unleash that kind of energy into the just into the thin air and get picked up by a regular power line, it's credible to me. Yeah, it but again, the Tesla, economy, all that free energy. The, oh well, of course it would be it would be the end of a huge control mechanism. Uh, what do you, Jack or Robin, think of nuclear energy? Do you believe it? Do you believe it really exists? There's a lot of evidence on some of the fake sites about just the video around Hiroshima and Nagasaki being fake, and it certainly stands to reason that. That is the ultimate control weapon, the nuclear, the nuclear weapon. I'm not sure what you mean by is it is it real? Um, you mean are there are well, there reactors that that boil water at 4,000 degrees with nuclear energy instead of fuel? Well, if you don't buy into the whole nuclear nuclear bomb uh, theory, where they actually have a bomb that could do what was done at Hiroshima and Nagasaki. If you don't buy into that, which I tend not to. So does that mean that there is no such thing as a as a nuclear reaction that can cause that damage and by extension does that mean there's something other than what we're being told going on in a so called nuclear reactor no. that generates No. There's no, no linkage? Not possible. Um, <laughs> What's not I, possible? There, there is the nuclear uh, 
uh, fission model is absolutely real. I mean, these submarines don't have squirrels running in a blooming little rack that's making that propeller turn. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's serious. The, the difference between the old diesel submarines and the modern nuclear submarine is four times the speed capabilities, um, mm -hmm. ten times the endurance capabilities. Those are those are not something you can just substitute a different type of fuel for. It's a totally mm -hmm. different technology. And they absolutely exist. I mean, to deny the existence, I mean, would be to it would be ludicrous. Mm -hmm. I have yeah, I can, many, many, many years of experience with that, so I'm not, I'm not kind of blowing smoke here. I know what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah, I'm kind of of the same same mind. Where I believe back in the day there was a lot of hoaxing going on and fear mongering about the nuclear weapons. I think nuclear absolutely. weapons might be a bit different than nuclear fission to power something. I think that the powering they've somehow mastered, but I think the weapons are a different story. I think back mm -hmm. then that, that they didn't have the power, they just had the weapons, so they were trying to figure it out, and then they didn't figure it out, so they just carpet-bombed Japan, and, and there's a lot of evidence, mm -hmm. yeah, stating that it was carpet-bombed, um, even from testimonies of the people who lived there. And Right. But uh, but but when it comes down to the powering, I think they've they've mastered that. They just I don't believe have harnessed it into a droppable weapon yet. Because if they did, I would think somebody would have already launched one by now. Well, I think you I think you're kind of going down kind of a bad rabbit hole there. A friend of mine was at the nuclear test site in Nevada when they set that sucker off, and he's now dead because it boom and fried his brain. So that wasn't Sorry that wasn't a that. conventional um, combustible explosion. That was nuclear fallout. That was nuclear uh, radiation that screwed up his brain and killed him. Well, I don't admit that they like. I know that they've been messing with nuclear radiation. I'm, I just don't know if it's. No, it was an explosive device that blew down multiple buildings and test what, what, things on that what, test what, range. What year was this? That would have been... Oh, man, you're really track, really racking my brain here. You were talking... Well, it just helps uh, me understand the, the timeline of it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, we'd be talking... The Nevada test range would have been in the... Ooh, probably 62. Somewhere's in there. Uh, well, I don't know as other people say because I wasn't there, but I think it's been a wonderful control mechanism for keeping any nation in check without really yeah. having to prove it. So, one thing I don't I don't seem to get with the correlation between how the states have so many nukes, but yet other countries just can't even make a nuclear reactor or a nuclear program. So I know that they pull their strings around the world as mm -hmm. what they do to keep people from harnessing the technology, but I would think that if it was more if it was what it was that people would know about it like how to boil water, you know? Like it just doesn't make any sense that um, that some people just can't figure it out at all. 
No, I agree. Well, their claim is they can't get access to the material to make it. That's I think that's the okay. biggest thing. Don't let don't let Iran have access to the material. The material is strictly controlled. But again, I I don't buy into it. There's no I way to prove it. you're talking about Just, two different things. You're talking about a hydrogen bomb versus a modern nuclear weapon. And any one of these dingbats like Ahmadinejad or, or any of them can build a primitive hydrogen bomb as in mm-hmm. the the one that, that um, uh, the Enola Gay dropped on Hiroshima. And so there's a huge difference those are that was a very uh crude nuclear device and in, in a, a totally different technology they're they're not trying to build something like that they don't want to build something like that that was large cumbersome not deliverable on a a missile type delivery system that was a big heavy honking thing that had to be delivered by an airplane that could barely carry it so do you so nobody nobody's trying to build one of those nobody wants to build one of those they want nice yeah. compact very high um destruction capable weapons and you take a trident missile a trident missile has 10 warheads in it each with a nuclear payload yeah i was just going to get to that you you believe that those icbms then have that capability that they free yes they do they, no, they've they been do. able to package the the big boy yeah. down into into that. Okay. Well, we, we I, know I, that I can there see that. A... I just I just don't understand why it's it's so lost in translation a lot of the times out there. I just don't. I would think that that uh, more people would have stumbled upon its its uh, ability to be able to be made and stuff. Yeah, it's, and going back to extremely costly. Oh yeah, I would I would imagine so. Not something that that most governments with any restrictions would be able to do. We had no restrictions when we did that. They just threw gazillions of dollars at it. Nobody had any control. We had no idea how much they were spending on this insane technology. And so there was no restriction on the raw materials. There was no restriction on the technology. And there was no restriction on the amount of money they could print and just do it. Mm -hmm. And so it's a totally different world today. And you have us saying well, you guys can't have it, and them saying, who the heck made you king? Right. Well, I don't believe in that. I don't believe the whole Iran-Israel conflict at all. I think they're both actors as well, so I don't buy into that either. That whole... What's the Hegelian that whole, that, that whole conflict has been used for the last 10 years now, how we're just about to attack Iran, and they just about have the bomb, and that's just... Well, yeah, it's another like distraction. 20, yeah, yeah. It's what do you think, dialect. Sure. Uh, what do I think about the what about the you, well, just about the Ahmadinejad conflict with Iran and how Israel has to attack them, otherwise they'll get access to nuclear weapons. Yeah, it's all a front. If anything does come mm-hmm. out in the future, um, it will be a war again based on the Papal Crusade. That's why they use the Hegelian dialect against mostly religious nations. They don't use it against people who can, who who don't believe in certain things. And most of these people, like uh, the PLO and all these other radical groups, they're they're all trained to be who they are through the numerous different organizations that and side cults that they deal with. So 
you're not really dealing with real people anyway even when you get to those people they're all part of the, the fictions and the plans so but i but there will be another papal crusade against another counter-reformation i see that but it won't come about as a nuclear war it'll just be another big war on war fight because that's what albert pike stated too is that there's going to be a third world war these people need it to happen so that they can continue their agenda uh, it's just a matter, just a matter of time yeah albert pike was the uh 33rd degree supreme council freemason i believe of the south jurisdiction back in uh right, he wrote morals and dogma yeah yeah and there's a there's a monument in the district of corruption to him. Yeah, the district of corruption. That's good. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah, he, that's he, good. yeah. He illustrated that they wanted a third world war, so they already passed the two. And I think we've bought our time a lot. Like we've used up a lot of our time to get to that third one. But they're they're planning it off nicely, and eventually, I think they're going to have to up their timetable because people are finding out about this more and more. And it, it goes kind of, I guess, back to the biblical Gog and Magog war of the, um, they instigate it over Israel and the people come in, superpowers like Russia and China and the States and, and have at it. And so, but I don't think it'll be fought with nuclear weapons. I think it'll go back to another uh, a whole airstrike uh, kind of Iraq style fighting. And, uh, well, the scripture of- says that they'll be cleaning up the um, array for seven years and oh yeah it's, it's gonna be so caustic that they can't touch it the people that deal with it will die and they'll be burying the dead for years yeah i i think that the uh the time of tribulation is coming <laughs> very fast it's just a matter of how they're going to kick it off and that's why i think mm-hmm. they keep pulling these psyops and keep running the show is because they're trying to hone in on what's going to actually get our attention but so many, so many people have become desensitized to most of it after seeing it so much that they just like, oh, they play it off like that's normal. So they're, they're trying to also they're make it, make it to their best advantage. Yeah, very true, right? So they obviously don't want to be caught in the middle with the rest of us if it does go down. So, yeah, they're really trying to fine tune their strategy because the next one will be the big one, I believe, and uh, it'll be some time before again, yeah, the cleanup uh, would ever happen. It's very difficult uh-huh. to say. It's going to start tomorrow. It's much easier and much more accurate to say, ah, I see that it started last week. Yeah, I I really much, I came to that conclusion myself uh, a couple of weeks ago that we're already in it. It's just a matter of when some of the uh, dominoes fall over that will really kind of move things on a bigger, more noticeable pace. But I've already believed that we've entered into this. And it's not something that we're still waiting for. Are you talking about the time of Jacob's troubles, or are you just Uh, talking about difficult? No, I'm talking. Yeah, I'm talking about the tribulation and the coming rapture. I believe that we've already moved into the uh, past the threshold of that, and we're starting to see the effects. I would give it another. I give it another ten years before this world's going to be engulfed in the last world war. I give it till 2019. Hmm. Ominous predictions. I'm I'm totally lost. I guess you guys are quoting scripture or something, but I don't. I'm not well, familiar with stuff. any of this stuff. <laughs> well, I go back to scripture because it does put its finger on a lot of things that these people seem to mm-hmm. want to play off as fairy tales or or oh we controlled the Bible, we control scripture, but really that's just scripture another Hegelian dialectic. Yeah, and and even if you want to look at science. 
science has already told us by another 20 years that we're going to need another world to take care of this one. So, and I do see that, even though that there's not a lot of people on this planet and that the numbers are falsified and that a lot of the science is made to scare us. We're still, we mm-hmm. got too many golf, we got too many golf courses. We got too many buildings that take up no space. And yet we got people who need places to live. So the science is still correct to some degree that we have run out of our resources because we've used them inappropriately for so many things that we just can't get them back because how are you going to go and tell the government to pack up its huge building that it doesn't even use so people can live there it's not going to do that and yet that space Uh could be better used for something else and it's like we waste more food than we consume and at a point that's going to bite us too to the point that they've already made the 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 swedish what do you call that the seed vault so it's like they're prepared for sure that something's got to go down soon. They know it. Mm-hmm. I think most people know it, and that's why I think the timetable on these psyops gets up really fast. Is because I, I do see the scriptures proving true that well, in what our you're life saying is we have not been good stewards. Yeah, we haven't been obedient. We haven't been compa- kind and compassionate to ourselves and to other people. We haven't been good stewards. Yeah, yeah, we just we're haven't been. Well, I don't buy into the fact that we're running out of resources. I think resources like oil are just control mechanisms as well. Well, We don't know. Oil is an abiotic um, production. The Earth constantly reproduces the petroleum product that we pump out of the ground. Yes. Uh, There is certainly the, the great possibility that we can pull it out faster than it's being reproduced. So it's mm-hmm. a balancing trick, but the idea that there are so many gallons of dinosaur bones decayed in a hole under the ground is nuts. Well, it's hard to prove, and but I I don't buy into the fact well, that we're running out of resources. Yeah, their, their science proves that because according to their science from numerous years ago, we should have run out many years ago that's right keep we keep running out their information yeah right right yeah we keep it's, running out we're keep we keep going to war with iran it's any day now so yeah any day in two months they will have this capability well two months never shows up in yeah. two years we will run out of oil well we we're, we're about two decades past the two-year mark and we're still pumping that crap out of the ground so that's a bunch of crap yeah it's all fear mongering, and it's exactly. fear is the fear ultimate is way to control, control people. That's it. Yeah, people don't think rationally when they are in a state of fear, or 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 when they're uh, laughing. But who's laughing much these days? Not I. <laughs> anyway, you're listening to Wake Up with Ab. I have a website, abarado.info, and I'm putting a lot of the links that. Uh, Robin has given to me at radio.aberato.info. They're also in the chat from TalkShoe, and you go to chatgrabber.com and enter call ID 123030, and that's also a way of getting it. And Jack posted a link to his site, Arustuk. Watchman.com. What's that site all about, Jack? That's the that is the county that I live in. It is the largest mm-hmm. county 
east of the Mississippi in uh, square miles, and it's okay. in northern Maine. So we're really part of Canada. <laughs> so I what, drove what through this, Maine uh, this summer. It's a gorgeous state. I'm not originally from here, but I kind of ended up here about 25, 30 years ago, and I just never went back. Full of trees. Just yep. Moose. Full of, of trees. Moose. Yeah, I had to look up. Uh, I had to look up Maine and get a bit of history on it because I just couldn't figure out why it was how the U.S. got so far north into towards the St. Lawrence. Really, you're just miles from the St. Lawrence, and it just seems like a big piece that should have been Canada. No, so. no, no. You got that backwards. You're supposed to own everything up to the St. Lawrence River. Right. And the Aroostook War, we kind of ended up giving you guys a little bit of extra space. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you don't you don't have it. Listen, if if we want to cross the Ontario and the east coast of Canada, there is no good straight across road through Maine. I know because well, I looked at it. all the little roads and side yeah. roads. Oh, you don't want to do that, and, believe me. Well, I did do it, and it was great in the summer. Um, but I ended up going. Uh, I thought it was miles a shortcut. Well, it was a lot of zigging and zagging through. <laughs> We'd go south and then go a little bit west <laughs> and then twist up and around <laughs> and get to the Quebec border. Where literally, Gore? I think so. Yeah, there's literally oh, nobody geez. there. Literally, well, no there's one a there. Lot of us. You just can't see us. You know who Francis Marion is? No. Swamp Fox? You'd have to be old. You're not old enough. Sorry. No. Francis Marion was the Swamp Fox in the Revolutionary War. Okay. They hid behind trees and shot the British. All right, in that area. Anyway, that's the only thing you can see in northern Maine. We're all hiding right, behind trees. Right, they're really. Right, all right. Well, it's a great state. Uh, now I can say I've been in it, so not a lot to do there, but uh, unless you're an outdoors person, so. But that was that was a that was the only American Canadian border that I've been at where there was literally nobody coming into the U.S for the half hour I was there because the Canada Customs guy for some reason kept a lineup of five or six people that didn't move and I was just wondering what exactly he wanted and he was bored. Uh, he hadn't talked he to was a human being in six months. Yeah, so he kept us there for a while <laughs> and uh it was uh it was interesting. And then on into oh. Quebec we went but uh Actually, I I know this is totally off topic, but I read somewhere that some entrepreneur wants to build some kind of bypass toll highway that goes east-west through Maine to connect, I yes. believe. Yes. But it's, when I saw the route, I had, when I saw the route and pretty much sort of followed the route on the secondary roads, I thought. This this highway, if they ever did build it, there is just they couldn't charge enough to pay for it because the terrain it would have to go through 
the elevation differences. It would cost a fortune to make. Well, they can just print the money. Who cares? Yeah, I suppose. See? And there's just not care. enough Canadian trucks that would use it. They'd have to each Actually, pay $1,000. Oh, no. The Canadian trucks go there. It is a phenomenal number of trucks. That go Americans, around Maine through Quebec. Yeah. Well, they go well, through Maine and end up... Actually, they a lot of them go all the way down through and go over into um, New Hampshire and Vermont and cross back into uh, Quebec from there. Right. But there just isn't... From what I could see, enough east-west roads. Everything is north-south, so... Everything is north-south. You can't get there. Yeah. Yet. Right. Yep, so... Yep. So we go with, it was anyway, so that's, what's your uh, yeah. ab arato? What's ab arato? What's the right. significance? Oh, that's that's just a Latin little phrase I picked out. It means angry man. So okay, you get t- Yeah, that's, that's all it means. I could it's just a, I could resemble that. It's just an interesting <laughs> Latin very phrase. Reserved for being an angry man. Well, I didn't. Yeah, I am reserved. It's just. It just seemed like an interesting Latin phrase, and because it was began with A, it was one of the first ones I found, and I just chose it to uh, create a pseudonym for. So, yeah, cool. yeah it works. It kind of works. It's kind of a theme- thematic, but no, there's not a lot of anger here. There was a lot of fear at the beginning, but now that I understand that that's the tactic that's mm-hmm. used to control, I don't really surrender to it anymore. Anger is okay as long as you direct it. Yeah, anger is loss of control as well, what's though. The, so what's the uh, what's the scriptural reference? Be angry and sin not. Oh, is it? Well, I'm not yeah. a big scripture fan. Uh, I kind of like that stuff. Ne- well, no, there's nothing wrong with it, but I just I I'll, I'll 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 correct what I said. I haven't been exposed to it in a big way, so. Uh oh, we're going to work on you. Well. Good luck. <laughs> I I hardly uh, don't read a whole lot. Unfortunately, I'm too busy doing all these other uh, investigations. Um, I'm kind of wearing out. How are you doing, uh, Robin? Do you have anything else you want to add to the conversation? Um, not particularly. Um, there's always something to talk about with all the things going on, but uh, I guess really... It's all going to play out the way it plays out, so we've got to have trust in in, a, in ourselves to, you know, just see ourselves through it, I guess. So. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, um, appreciate the chat. Appreciate Jack for joining us late in the call. My pleasure. And hopefully it's... Hopefully it's been somewhat interesting to those listening. Um, I like to talk to different people, give people a chance to let us let me know how they came to 9/11, how they're dealing with the other people that aren't aware of it uh, or I not cognizant question. of it. Yeah, go ahead. I, I was wondering what your what your thoughts would be on Chernobyl. Well, I'm leaning towards that being somewhat fake as well, to be honest with you. I, I think there's been talk about um, how things are thriving quite nicely there. 
So again, I, I it just goes into the whole nuclear question. What is exact? What exactly is going on in nuclear power plants? And uh, and like Fukushima, I think the tsunami videos were quite convincingly fake. So what in the world is going on with Fukushima? Is is that a real event? Is is it just an is it just a an excuse to um, <clears throat> somewhat discredit the nuclear power industry if that is really real and Jack says it is I can't say yes or no I don't know but um, Marcus also mentioned that a lot of these disasters are created to clear land so if 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 that was if that is part of Agenda 21 where they want land clears or return land to its natural state then they create a disaster, perhaps, and that's a good way to get rid of people. They say the whole area is radioactive. So yeah, yeah. again, I don't know, but it it doesn't really seem to be panning out. And again, with Fukushima, where are the mass casualties uh, for people exposed to radiation? Seems yeah, very I, similar. Wasn't wasn't typhoid going around at that time, or some type of uh, immune system problem, rather than I don't know contaminated? Oh, okay. You mean yeah? So instead of getting nuclear poisoning, it was something else. Yeah, yeah, like a small plague of some sort. I thought I read that somewhere. Mm-hmm. That that the, that's how they were trying to cover it up and use it to their advantage. Sounds. Totally plausible, and we what? don't expect to get really good information out of out of Russia because we expect their media to be controlled. Whereas over here in say Japan, we expect to get somewhat closer to the real story. But I I don't feel confident that I've got any real information out of Japan. Do you? Uh, yeah, no, I haven't got any real information, which leads me to believe that there was no real information. Yeah, everyone is confused. The government agencies that are supposed to report to us, they're all confused. The story keeps crossing in on itself where it's just so typical of PSYOPs where the details are lost in the muddle. They just create a huge muddle where where nobody can know anything. Sounds like Benghazi. Another... Psyop, and yeah. it must be. I don't. I don't even. Did this ambassador even exist? He, he just looks oh, yeah. like. You believe he existed? Oh, I know he existed. I believe that he was probably part of a uh, an international uh, Obama orchestrated gun running weapons hmm. tunnel, and uh, he needed to be taken out, and his time was up. You see, but I I don't buy into the, see that to me feeds more into the fear. I don't think, I don't think any of these people are taken out. I think, and I don't think, also I don't believe in the the Obama, the the left right fight. I I think it's all orchestrated. The left right fight, of course, it's all orchestrated. There is no left right. right. They're all it's the all distraction. Team. So just, I don't yeah, well, think it, I don't think they're all being controlled. Oh, no doubt, but I don't think anyone has to be killed. I think that's just part of the fear. If this ambassador even existed, 
if he wasn't manufactured, because I don't know, is there any much information about him before any of this went down? It just, none of it makes sense. None of it adds up. So I just well, he, discounted it. He was definitely a person. He was definitely there. He's a married man with a, a homosexual mm-hmm. lover. Uh, right. A, a very convenient tool and probably associated with the uh, transfer of weapons into the Muslim Brotherhood. Yeah, yeah that sounds just yeah. as good as anything, but I don't yeah, think there was any... I don't think anything, I don't think any big event occurred, and again, that story keeps getting crossed up, keeps getting changed, and it leads just to a state of confusion, and that leads normal people just to walk away from it. Well, I was attracted to whatever you guys were doing because of your 9-11 stance. We've have, we have taken a strong stance against the uh, government um, statements on 9-11, and we have had some of the top people in the world uh, that refute the 9-11 uh, scenario on our, on our show. And, uh, oh, okay. I mean, there's just been... Tons of information. Nothing that they said happened is true. We don't necessarily want to try to tell people what did happen. We're telling people that what they're saying happened could not possibly have happened. There is no credibility whatsoever. Yeah, I think that's the proper way to approach it. Yeah, I agree with that stance. You you know what couldn't have happened. Certainly nobody gets to know what happened because we weren't there. But, again, yeah, the story they tell doesn't make any sense. And then if you just want to continue to unravel it, like uh, I've done, like Robin's done, and lots of other people on these calls have done, I think it boils down to just simple media fakery. I just watched the movie Wag the Dog the other day, where it was probably... They created a war on a sound stage very easy to manage very easy to control and probably very similar to 9-11 that movie came out four years before 9-11 so there's no reason to believe that 9-11 was any different than the movie did you see that movie Robin? Uh, no I haven't seen that we interviewed one of the uh, pilots that had flown the tail number that hit the Pentagon, I mean, not just a similar airplane, he flew the plane, and sometime prior to that supposed event, he flew that plane, and he said, and he was a, he is a, uh, a Vietnam veteran uh, Air Force trained fighter pilot who had 20,000 hours of flight time, and he said that he could absolutely not have perform the maneuver that it took to do what the government uh, report said happened. Well, of course not. That that that, that 270 degree turn is just right. beyond ridiculous. And and the Pentagon whole find the site, I think that was some those were some of the first rumblings of this did not happen. I think that happened within a couple months, the website. So that was sort of the beginning of the unraveling of the story that made no sense. So that's the first one I remember hearing about. Yeah, I, 
I don't know how the one of the most securely guarded buildings like the Pentagon has no visual images of what actually happened on that day. Exactly. <laughs> Doesn't make well, any sense. You know, well. you, you, they, I could find out better what's happening on my street than these guys, you know, and they, I don't have no money to do it. But um, but I was also just no. wondering, is, is, uh, is West Street considered Washington Street where the World Memorial Trade Center is, where, the, where they're building the new Freedom Tower? Is, is that West Street? Is that actually called Washington Street or was called Washington Street? What, in Manhattan? Yeah, because I'm looking on the map, and it says it's West Street, but I was just wondering, because it goes back to the city of London uh, wanted the colonists to revoke the Declaration of Independence during the failed Staten Island Peace Conference of September 11th, 1776, and the city of London attacked the U.S. again, I believe, on September 11th, 2001. Um, but four days after that Staten Island Peace Conference is held, British Admiral and Lord Richard Howe uh, sailed north with his Navy Armada to Manhattan Island and attacked George Washington, fighting for liberty. Or liberty. Uh, mm-hmm. And the World Trade Center, I thought, was at the corner of Washington and Liberty. Interesting. Interesting, yeah. So that happened on September 11th, 1776? Yes. Well, I never heard that one. Staten Island Peace well, Conference. Well, they love their dates, don't they? They love their... Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the it's new tower is going to be 1776 feet, right? So. Yeah. All, well, that's just fun with it's numbers, isn't it? That's, yeah, it's all yeah, that, they just Yeah, they enjoy... They enjoy letting everybody know that this is a big game. And they put it right there. It's not really hidden. It's hidden in plain sight. That's what I'm doing. No. You know, it's been a it's been a pleasure conversing with you gentlemen this evening. It's uh, past my bedtime by about three hours. Yeah. Uh, Me uh, too. Nice to talk farewell. to you, Jack. Thank you. Call any time. Show, uh, by the way, was it just in the listings page of talk show? Yes. Is that uh, how I you? Just, yeah, I went on. I have a talk show account because this is how we conduct our our. Uh, normal on-air broadcast. We uh, we do it on TalkShoe, which links to our transmitter, which is then linked to other transmitters and live streams down the line. And that's how we do it, too. Pretty cool. Yeah, have, yeah it's pretty fun. Or we have a big 5,000-watt uh, transmitter, so we're actually an on-air AM radio station. But we oh, also okay, that's some, cool. Yeah, we have five little teeny transmitters throughout the state that uh, are pretty cool little things that get us around the uh, multi-billion dollar uh, conglomerates. And um, right. it's kind of interesting. We're having kind of, a, we've been doing it for three and a half years. We've got about 1,500 hours of recorded shows. You might want to go and check out some of the 9-11 ones. On, on your website, aristookwatchman.com? You, you, can, you can do it right on the talk show uh, archives. What's your number? What's your ta- what's your talk five to nine, number? Five two nine five six. Okay, very good. I will. Death. Are they labeled as such? Nine eleven. Yeah, usually. Yeah, there's but there's about fifteen hundred hours, so it takes some time to weed through them all. 
Right, right. How? What is the reach of the AM transmitters? How far do they go? The the um, the big transmitter is a hundred mile radius. Mm-hmm. So it covers all of western New Brunswick and um, most of northern Maine. And then we have little we 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 bought these nifty little um, one or two watt transmitters that travel a mile, and we put them in the uh, high uh, density residential areas in uh, different cities throughout the state. We've got five of them so far. They cost three hundred and five bucks a piece, and they're really good, mm-hmm. reliable pieces of equipment. And uh, where do you put them? In people's houses? Yep, or businesses or whatever. And they're they hooked up. To, we pull it right off the live stream. We we, we live stream the show, and uh, people pull it right off the live stream, retransmit it, and then they're free to re, to um, broadcast whatever they want for the rest of the day. Okay. Yeah, what do you cool. use to live? What do you use to live stream it? Uh, I really oh uh, Splatterbox. Splatterbox. Yep. Okay. Because I'm looking to um, just put my sh- my uh, recordings on some kind of uh, showcast server and just have them keep pumping out yep. for those that don't want to for those that don't want to download that just want to tap in and with a showcast player. No. I'm always looking for what other people are doing to get the word that's out. The way we, that's the way we pull it off. Um, because we have the, the connection to the radio station, it's their, it's their live stream that we use. And so we use it for okay. two hours from 8 to 10 every day, a.m. Eastern, and mm-hmm. um, then anybody else can pick it off, do whatever they want. All right. So it's, it's okay. Cool. That is neat. Good. All right, we'll take a look at your site and see what we can see, see what we can hear. Very good. You're welcome to uh, take advantage of it. It's out there. We're trying to get the word out. We're not trying to uh, become heroes. No. Yeah. Well, it's it's uh, every little bit helps, but. Yep. Absolutely. Try not to give up. Going, fellas. That's what it's all about. No, Keep I the conversation agree. Conversation going. You got to keep the conversation going, even if I don't agree. It doesn't matter. Keep the conversation going. Yeah, yeah. I'll get others. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, yeah, that with all the people out there spewing nonsense and disinformation, there's at least got to be some people out there talking truth with that. Well, steel sharpens steel. You know, you got some good ideas. We got some good ideas, and we converse and we go back and forth, and we don't have to agree, but we do have to listen to each other. And you got some good ideas, and I'll incorporate some of those into my ideas. Because they make sense, mm-hmm. not not because I think you guys have some, you know, magic source for your information, but it makes sense. It's logical. It works. And so we yeah, work I have no, I have I have no sources. So just I just have the people that I listen to, just talking to them with di- from diff- coming from different angles, from different perspectives, makes it interesting. I find. We've had we've been very blessed to have uh, my the co the the host I'm the co-host the host is Steve Martin, and um, he's got quite the gift of gab and it's been amazing. He calls some of the uh, top people, experts in these different fields in the world, 
and they absolutely quickly agree to come on in our little show and talk to us. And they'll give us a half an hour, 45 minutes, and we cover things in depth. So it's pretty pretty amazing. We've had some of the top no, that is good. top guests in the world on our show. It's I'm stunned well, every, some, time, every once in a while. Well, sometimes the people that are less polished and less known are far more interesting. They have more interesting questions, and they seem more real anyway. So you maybe get better information from... Oh, yeah. Yep. Because people are less on guard when they're talking, so they are more apt to give meaningful information, not information they think the host wants, but maybe stuff that's real. Sure. So. Yeah, we've we've have we have economic people come on. We have the the politicians come on. We've interviewed lots and lots of politicians, everything from health and nutrition to revolution. <laughs> Well, that's the interesting thing. When your mind is open like that, you do get into nutrition, which I find interesting just because it comes information that could be suppressed or manipulated that you just don't get unless you yep. talk to people. I tell people I'm so. a radical centrist. Yeah. Okay, the Constitution for the United States, the Constitution is the compromise central um, boy I'm tired the central compromise position mm-hmm. we yeah. had to compromise to get the constitution and so I am a radical centrist because I want the letter of that law followed or changed right no I agree uh, it takes a lot of takes a lot of hashing out to get anyone to agree on anything. For them to create a document that they could all agree on is a miracle that just doesn't occur very often. Yeah. It'll it probably never happen again. Right. It was so well written that they keep trying to poke holes in it, and the only way they can do it is to generate interesting little lies to uh, subvert it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyway... All right, very good. Good night, guys. Thanks. All right, good night. Have a good one. Take care. All right, Jack. And, Robin, uh, anything else you want to comment on, or I think it's time to to call it a night? Yeah, it's probably a good time to call it a night, but I just wanted to know your last opinion on the uh, Declaration of Independence and the treaty that was signed shortly after that, because I'm just wondering if the Declaration was even made for the American people anymore or whether it was just... Um, a, a sellout argument to be able for the the crown to take control. I was wondering if you researched. I I honestly don't have a, a real opinion on it. I your theory sounds as interesting as anything I've ever heard. So who knows? Okay. You're saying that it's it was just part of part of the whole plan. Yeah, yeah, just to make the people feel like they were at home. It could have been. Could have been. I I really don't know. The only thing that I have a problem with is I just have a problem believing that all this was orchestrated. It just seems like too big of a plan, too much work. And that's how I even thought about 9-11. I bought into the fact that there's just too, it's just too big to pull off. There's just too many people involved. So... Yeah, I, I used to think the same until I realized after looking at that, if they can pull that off, then I w- wonder how f- 
how much that they've been trying to pull off. <laughs> and the more I research it, the more I go down into the hole, the more I see that yeah. they've pulled it all off. And, and we're none the wiser, in a way. No, yeah, you're way deeper into the hole than I am. And, um, again, I still can hardly believe it was done so well. But, uh, and 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 still going on to this day and most likely it will not come out it, our our voices are just few and far between so i agree i just don't see how it's going to be revealed past these little shows that make zero impact on the general population phenomenal so when you go into telling me that the whole United States plan, the whole Constitution was engineered. It just, it just seems because everything is open and everything has been proven fake, and a lot, so many things have been proven fake. It, I have to leave my mind open to it. Just have no way of proving what it be. Just basically have your foundation be quicksand. Yeah, wasn't wasn't um, before we wrap this up? Wasn't there uh, one of the was it Truman or one of the um, presidents that talked about a conspiracy so large that most people wouldn't even care to understand it or couldn't? You remember that quote? No. That they have to Google faced, it. That they'd be faced. Uh, yeah, one sec here. Well, Hitler didn't Hitler say or a Nazi say that the. Bigger the lie, the easier it is to sell. Yeah, and that's why I seem to think that this is much deeper than what we seem to believe. Is um, yeah, okay, hold on. Mm-hmm. Here is um, it was Hoover. The individual is handicapped by coming face to face with a conspiracy so monstrous he cannot believe that it exists. The American mind simply has not come to a realization of the evil which has been introduced into our midst. It rejects even the assumption that human creatures could espouse a philosophy which must ultimately destroy all that is good and decent. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Again, more like you said earlier, more comments of these guys who, who just hit it nail on the head time and time again. And uh, Churchill also said a uh, a statement of that, that we were all servants and we had a great privilege to be uh, servants to this to this uh, agenda. I'm trying to see. Well, I like I like this one that I read quote from the CIA director from 1981, William Casey, and it's on my website, aberrado.info. And he said, "We'll know our disinformation program is complete." When everything the American public believes is false. And a couple other good quotes. Deception is a state of mind and the mind of the state. James Angleton, head of CIA, counterintelligence, 54 to 74. And a Harry S. Truman quote. Quote, I never would have agreed to the formulation of the Central Intelligence Agency back in 47. American Gestapo. So, yeah, there's lots of truthful, I think, truthful quotes. So, yeah, 
Yeah, I, oh, where is it? I just got the one from Churchill. That's uh, oh, late for sure. Um, well, people are dropping off the call like flies, so I'll have to Yeah, that's okay. I don't mind. Don't mind that. Um, well, well, we can. We can uh, agree to reconvene at another unannounced time, maybe with more uh, with more um, lead-in, so more people can listen if they're interested in joining live. Because yeah. uh, I was having so many technical problems, and I didn't really want to announce it that way, get people interested, and then I couldn't pull anything off. So that's, we're lucky that you're shooting. Today, otherwise there would not have been a call. I'm really disappointed with Skype because I pay for Skype a small amount per month, and for it not no, to work reliably. I can't hear anything. Can Maybe you hear me now? She's giving me problems. Can you hear me now? Uh oh. Are you there? Well, I. Can you hear me now, uh, yeah, Robin? Yeah, I can. It just came back on. Okay, well, I'll just finish off oh. with this quote from Churchill, and then we'll end it on that. Yeah. Um, All the right. One, the one who cannot see that on Earth a big endeavor is taking place, an important plan on which realization we are all, all allowed to collaborate as faithful certain, or servants certainly has to be blind. And Churchill was the first cousin of Adolf Hitler's father. I know, I've I've heard that a lot. So you're just, again, saying these people are all put before us. They're all part of the same club. Right, they're all just actors that are yeah. front for this massive Vatican Jesuit Club of London, or City of London, Club of Rome conspiracy. And they're all related. And they're all related. They, they all seem mm. to have a part in being related like uh, Kate Middleton and, and William are descendants of George Washington or Kate Middleton is. right so it's like these people are definitely keeping it in the family yeah seems to be and looks like we've lost everybody maybe talk shoe hung up on everyone so I'll close okay. it with a uh, I'll close it with a little song from um, an artist that I like Cat Stevens Okay. Who converted to Islam, and and now that I look into Cat Stevens, I think maybe he was running away from being co-opted by the music industry, because he was another interesting guy that was very popular, but just decided to drop out of the scene. And because of what I've read and heard, culture creators or popular singers. If they weren't brought to us, which I don't think Cat Stevens was, I think perhaps they will they approach them and ask them to put out their message or stop putting counter messages against their agenda. So yeah. well, the same with I don't know. Chappelle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> question mark mystery and uh, I didn't really look into it because I never really followed him but yeah neither did I until I found out more about this but um, yeah some people don't like it so they, they drop out well they won't they won't join so they, yeah. you can either you're either with them or you're against them so 
I don't know his story, but I'm guessing Cat Stevens, for instance, just dropped out of the system and disappeared for 25 years, converted to Islam, he says. And that's as far away from the system as you can get. Yeah, for the most part. All right, well, um, you're listening to Wake Up With Ab. My website is aberrato.info. These archives are radio.aberrato.info. Thanking uh, Robin for joining me. And uh, we'll have to reconvene another time and see what else we can talk about. Excellent. Thanks a lot. All right, Robin. Nice talking to you. Have a good night. All right, bye-bye. Morning has broken like the first morning. Blackbird has broken like the first bird. Praise for the singing. Praise for the morning. Praise for the spring.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.